Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Hobbit. And today's episode is May the Minis Move On, which sounds like a eulogy for Mario and Donkey Kong uh, Minis on the Move, but it's actually the opposite. We have some pretty positive impressions of what works and what doesn't work in the game coming up later in the show, along with impressions of Resident Evil Revelations and the updated Wii Street U. But for that, as we always do, we have news. And we, I think the easiest way to describe this episode is we're dividing it into three chunks. We have uh, specific game news kicking off the show. That includes the very recent Nintendo Direct that just occurred at the tail end of this week. Uh, some third-party game news, uh, some new Pokemon X and Y news. We're then going to talk some industry-level news, including... I don't know why I emphasize industry like that. Industry-level news, including um, EA abandoning the Wii U ship and Jason Sales Corner and the controversy with Nintendo's policy of Let's Play videos on YouTube where they basically want the money of those who make those videos. And then we're going to wrap up with the game impressions I already mentioned. So... A lot to get to. Let's start with, this. Let's start with that Nintendo Direct. It's a pretty big one. Uh, shall we, Jose? Not as well. Then we will. Uh, <laughs> so, the Nintendo Direct uh, was literally within the last four or eight hours, which is unusual for Nintendo. They never do it at the tail end of a week like that, but I guess they're trying to cram it in before the Xbox news on Tuesday. Yep. They can't really do it always after. conveniently before work. Yeah, yeah, but I'm usually asleep, so it's inconvenient for me. <laughs> but Yeah, you can't be bothered to wake up. No, I can't be bothered to wake up at 7 a.m. when I can sleep until not 7 a.m. But um, arguably the biggest news... So first, what Nintendo's doing is they have this Nintendo Direct to cover the summer, and then going into E3, they'll be doing more Nintendo Directs to cover beyond the summer. So they did announce a few things beyond summer, but the theme of it was summer, so it's a lot of stuff about games we already know. But before those, they did make two big announcements involving Sega, and that's that... Uh, Nintendo and Sega have entered into a new partnership where they will, Nintendo will be the exclusive home of Sonic the Hedgehog games for a total of three games. Now, I think Nintendo might be actually publishing those games, but I'm not entirely sure. The, 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 the technical wording's a little odd. But basically, uh, Sonic will only be on Nintendo platforms for a while, which seems like a logical choice. He seems like a good fit, doesn't he? I mean, like... He's more, you know, uh, makes more sense on here after than After like all on... the Sonic and Mario and Sonic and Smash Brothers and uh, all his, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, even Mario Sonic Racing feels like a Nintendo game. Almost all the well, Sonic games feel very Nintendo yeah. right now. Well, they need, there needs to be a Mario and Sonic Racing yeah. before it can feel like it. That's not even, that's a rumor. Which would be awesome. No, know? no, 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 I meant, I meant um... He says Mario and Sonic Racing, that's why I was... No, I mean, like, how, like, Mario Sonic's racing games, like, just... Like, oh, oh, Sonic oh, 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 racing I thought I meant, and... like, a mashup. No, no. Because that is rumor. I, I mean, I, but... I know I worded it very terribly, but... It wasn't terrible, just... It could have been better. Sure. But anyway, so what they did announce, not Mario and Sonic Racing, as cool as that could potentially be, they announced a brand new action platformer starring Sonic that will only be on Wii U and 3DS called Sonic Lost World. All they showed, they said... Park? Kind of thing going on with I don't know. Things. All they showed, it'd be kind of cool if it was Jurassic Park, like Sonic lands on a dinosaur-ridden island. Well, then it'd be Star Fox Adventures all over again. Yes, it would. It'd be Dinosaur Planet. But no, uh, what they did, they're revealing more E3, but what they did show was that a single screenshot of a giant, fragmented, shattered-looking globe, which has its usual world. Like galaxy-style? Yeah, not exactly. I don't know if the world, I think it's just the world as a whole. I don't think the levels are galaxy-style, but they showed like a galaxy world. You know, like a galaxy-esque globe. Yeah, yeah. And you can see, like, a foresty area, a lava area, some sort of icy, snowy area. And in the bottom corner of the shot, if you look really closely, you can see Sonic riding Tails biplane into the planet. Like, towards the planet. And that's uh, all they've revealed. Hmm. If it's anything like Sonic Colors, I'm in. Yeah, so it's like the hub world, kind of like a Sonic Colors, where you have, like, all this... Well, I don't even know if it's a screenshot or concept art. It might actually be concept art. It might oh. just be saying, here's the lost world that you'll be exploring. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but just, like, by the sound of it, it sounds like yeah. that would be... The hub world where you just... Oh, probably. That's, he would just fly to the location, and yeah. then you get... Kind of a throwback to the older Sonics, where they no, used to show the Sonic Colors did, too. 
Oh, it did? It didn't well, have the plane. Well, they have a plane, but they had all the theme, all the different parts oh, yeah, yeah. of the theme park. No, but I meant the plane specifically. And you just go to each one. Yeah, I meant the plane specifically. Oh. It's kind of a throwback. Well, yeah, like, oh, I just meant overworld. Yeah, but no, if it's like Sonic Colors, I'm on board. Sonic Colors is really fun. Arguably the closest Sonic has come to like a Mario Galaxy caliber game. That was a really fun game. And Generation Controls took a while to get used to. He, yeah, he, he had like a weird momentum. He had, yeah, weird handling, but it, it, it was just something you got to Yeah, and I mean, if, if Nintendo is having like such a big Generations, hand. Generations, though, man, that was cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I haven't played an Generations. But yeah, this one will obviously be in HD, and if Nintendo has any hand in it, presumably issues like his momentum and whatnot will be ironed out by Nintendo. Well, well I mean, developers. Generations had like really good control compared to. Oh, so they already, so they already pretty much fixed it. Right. And, I mean, the 3DS version was pretty cool, too. Right? Yeah. With its but, uh, and, yeah, and uh, Lost World will be on 3DS as well as Wii U, so... Presumably different developer te- developer teams, just like Generations was different on 3DS and... and uh, was it on Wii? It was on Wii. It was not on Generations, Wii. Generations, no. It was not on Wii. We got colors. We got colors, yeah. right. Anyway, so that's the first game. We won't know much more until E3, which is second week of June, but what they did reveal a little more about, specifically Iwata, when discussing this uh, new partnership... He talked about the next Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, which is set in Sochi, I think that's how you say and it, Russia. Is the second Sonic game? Yeah, it is a Sonic game. Yes. It, yeah, so the third one's the only one we don't know. I mean, because I mean, when someone says, like, three exclusive Sonic games, I just picture, like, Sonic Well, games. it's three games featuring Sonic, I guess is the better way of wearing it. Yeah, it's like how they say, oh, the year Luigi, look, here's Mario Golf. Luigi's in it. Yeah, it's, exa- <laughs> it's exactly the same. But yeah, this one's set in uh, Russia for the 2014 so- Sochi. Winter Olympics, and after I wanted to give a nice geography lesson of where Russia is, which I thought was kind of funny, uh, he talked about the game itself. For the first time, it's only a console game. There won't be a handheld version. It'll be coming to Wii U, and it's going to use a mix of controls that people that have played the series are familiar with, with controls that they're not as familiar with. So, some events, such as new uh, paired figure skating and a trick-based snowboarding, like solemn course, those are going to use the Wii Remote Plus only. Then there's others like Curling, where you can use the gamepad in conjunction with the Wii Remote. So some players, from what I could tell in the uh, Direct, some players are controlling characters as they follow the little thing that gets thrown in Curling, that puck, whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called, but some people use that. Curling? Yeah, the Curling yeah. Curler. Curling's the action. What's the puck called? Oh, that, that thing I, that I, looks I, like I, a, I know, a tea I, kettle on the ground. I know, I, I, used, to know, I used to know this. I, well, yeah. well, you think about it, I'll keep going. So some people um, some people will be controlling characters to move that, and then a person on the gamepad will be drawing the path the thing oh, has the, to the, take. Oh, the scrubber, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be moving the, we'll be drawing the path well, for, the, what called, but. No, for the tea <laughs> kettle thing to take, and the players have to follow that path. So that's like a clever combo use. Then they're doing an even more clever combo use, actually. This one I think is really cool, where you're using both controllers. So they gave an example of a biathlon where you're going to start off skiing with the Wii remote. Then you have to, much like you have to put the skis away and grab a rifle for the next rifle shooting segment, you put down the Wii remote, pick up the gamepad, and then the gamepad's your scope, and you use, you know, gyro and the touchscreen as your scope to aim. It's actually kind of clever to mimic switching gear by having you switch controllers. Although it requires you need a Wii remote, which obviously the Wii doesn't even... The Wii U doesn't even come with, so that might be hard for some people. And you said some of them, I mean, use Wii Remote Plus, does that mean some there, of them yeah. don't use Wii Remote Plus? No, it's all Wii Remote Plus. It's Wii Remote Plus or GamePad. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. sorry if that wasn't clear. No, well, when like, I said Wii Remote, I was just abbreviating from Plus. Oh, no, it's because you said, like, oh, it uses the Wii Remote, or it exclusively uses the Wii Remote Plus, so I just felt like, oh, I guess that oh, yeah, there's yeah. some mini-games that don't. No, I think they all, at this point, it's all Wii Remote Plus or GamePad, because that's what... So Nintendo then... Yeah, Nintendo yeah. only sells Pluses now. So... <laughs> Nintendo Land. What? No, you said Nintendo. You yeah. said Nintendo Land sells only. Oh, Nintendo. Thank you. And yeah, Nintendo uh, Land was like the last one that I guess 
kind of makes that kind of up. yeah, which is always kind of weird. Just like going over my phone yeah, because it's like how you Nintendo know which Land, controller. And, oh, let's play this mini game. Like, oh, I only have one Wii Remote Plus. Yeah, I think that's probably why Mario and Sonic won't do that because it gets confusing. It's not easy to they look the same. So like you think days. you have all the peripherals, and then you, you don't. don't. It's really it adds to all that custom confusion at the yeah, Wii. There's, there's a lot of has. hidden costs if you really want to. Yeah, yeah, if you want to have five players, it's a pain. But um, back to Mario and Sonic. Uh, so far, uh. Sorry, I just totally lost my train of thought. Yeah, so it's only on Wii U, and because it's only on Wii U, that means that Iwa's gonna have, um, or not Iwa's gonna have, but Iwa's been saying that they're really taking advantage of the extra power of the developers at Sega. So that means uh, more detailed graphics, realistic snow and ice effects, which I didn't really see that in the trailer. I will admit the graphics do look a noticeable step up, but the ice and snow still, you know, I think the Wii could have pulled that off. It wasn't like you could see snowflakes or anything. But um, either way... I like to think as like, I like to think this as like the first real... HD, CG. Yeah, Mario like, like models. Just because, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, like, I mean, New Super Mario Bros. U was obviously in HD. But, but it was overly like, simplified. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Still, it still doesn't look... But I don't know, like, how detailed... It feels like it's HD, but it doesn't really yeah. look... I don't know how detailed they're going to go with Mario, though, because he, uh, like, he his clothes look a little more real, but you can't, like, see the seams in his denim or anything. Like, I wonder if, like, the true next Mario, 3D Mario game platformer, it'll, it'll be that I mean, detailed, or if they keep it kind of... I mean, the bra model was pretty detailed, you could see the seams. Yeah, but you can't in uh, Mario and Sonic. I wonder if 3D Mario... It's like there's different versions of Mario. Yeah, I wonder if 3D Mario's going to be more like Mario and Sonic's Mario, or more like Brawl's Mario, or some other model completely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll know at E3, but, um, the one thing worth mentioning is that we don't know how gimmicky the gameplay will be, because that's the thing that plagues these games, is they're fun in small chunks, but they get so gimmicky feeling so fast, at least to me, that... The demo was pretty fun know. for the 3DS. The demo was fun, but it didn't encourage me yeah. to buy it, because I was like, well, that's what it is. I like the trampoline one. Yeah. That's simple. But, I mean, if, if they do the neat stuff, like, uh, if they do the neat stuff with the controller switching and whatnot, I can imagine that being fun the first ten times or whatever, but then how fast will that get old? Either way, that's the two Sega games, or Sonic games, that were confirmed in the Direct. But while on the topic of Sega, Satori uh, Wa, Nintendo's global president, also confirmed new Game Gear tiles on the way to the 3DS eShop. So I'm just going to read off this list. It's ginormous. Columns, Crystal Warriors, Defenders of Oasis, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, G-Lock Air Battles, Shining Force 2, The Sword of... Hiya? Hiya. Hiya. Uh, Sonic Blast, Sonic one. Drift 2, Sonic Labyrinth, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Tales Adventure... And Vampire Master of Darkness. That's a lot of games coming to the uh, eShop, which is nice because Game Gear hasn't gotten the attention it deserved. And just so you're aware, Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 are not the same Sonic the Hedgehog. No, they're the Game Gear. However, there is a Sonic the Hedgehog coming to the eShop, or in the eShop in Japan, but there's nowhere on it coming to America. And that's, uh, if you recall, Sega has done those 3D classic style remakes of Space Harrier and Super Hang-On, neither of which have come to America yet. Well, they also released Sonic the Hedgehog. 3D. And even though they announced all these games with Sonic and all these new Game Gear titles, they didn't bother announcing any plans to bring the 3D games remakes to the US. So, in Japan, they got this new Sonic. It's actually more than just like layered backgrounds. They did, um, well, first of all, it does have that layered effect, much like Kirby's Adventure. They look really good with that stereo. Oh, totally, yeah. But um, what they did on top of that is add a bunch of different settings and options you can tweak. So, it now has the original form of the game, or obviously, or the inclusion of the spin dash from Sonic Two, so you can have that move, and you you know, and that changes the dynamic a bit. Though that could be turned on and off. You can also choose between a standard four by three screen where you have the black borders, or you'll have the black borders, but the image will kind of bend towards them to mimic like an old TV, like you'll have that warped kind of grainy look. So you can like mimic a CRT set. I could see like 
I can see like pure more, more recent kid going to Y. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so they give you that option. They also have like two different versions of the game are in there. They're, apparently, the Japanese release and the international release were slightly different, so both are actually included. One has switch. Uh, <laughs> it's like Mortal Kombat. One's blood and one's just green. No, but um, and then on top of all that, they're also apparently the different models of the Genesis over the years had different sound chips, which sounded slightly different, and you can choose between the two different sound chips for the emulation. That's in other words, this is a ton of stuff in a game that's only about six bucks. And this is the third game out of four that Sega's doing in this like 3D classics-ish remaking. And I don't get why they're not coming to America yet. Nintendo and Sega clearly are in some sort of new like love affair. <laughs> like why they're bringing? They literally Which made. I'm a really huge, happy for. Yeah, it's cool. They're and awesome. they literally made a huge deal. We have Sonic games, and then they don't announce like the grandfather of them all, the original Sonic, now like. On the 3DS. Hopefully this makes Nintendo give Sega some incentive to make more Rhythm Thief games. I doubt Sega or Nintendo care that much. It did not sell that well. It's an awesome game. They should. But, yeah, they should have. But, um... Hopefully someone in there likes it so much that they'll, like, really try their hardest to convince them. And they'll never know. do a digital release. It did so. okay in Japan, I think. So there's a chance. But, uh, I will say back to the Sega thing, or the Sega 3D remake thing. Good news is Space Harrier, actually, 3D Space Harrier was just rated over in Europe by one of their ratings boards, which means they're considering localization there, which means here can't be much far behind. Much further behind, right? So, I hope that happens, since I that Sonic 3D remake sounds super cool. And it's only $6. That's pretty Although, bad. I wonder if they didn't announce it because they didn't want to overshadow the Game Gear Sonic the Hedgehog games. Like, maybe they're spacing them out a bit or something. Who I mean, knows? Well, I mean... Yeah, they just announced these, so... Yeah, so they might give it a little while and release these remakes in the fall. But yeah. they could at least announce Hang On, Super Hang On, and Space Harrier. I mean, they want our money, but they still... They don't seem to want it that badly. Yeah. <laughs> they seem to be picky about what they want us to give money for. But going away from Sega and towards Nintendo itself, because it is a Nintendo Direct, not a Sega Direct hosted by Nintendo, uh, they did reveal some very uh, detailed information on a couple upcoming games that will be out this summer. Biggest of the bunch definitely being Pikmin 3. We actually have solid gameplay details besides it's like Pikmin 1 and 2. So, uh, Olimar and Louie are out. And their new captains are Alf, Brittany, and Charlie. I guess they gave up on the Mario name anagrams. Olimar, Mario, Louie, similar to Luigi. But they're gone now. So, uh, they have a similar story to Olimar's original adventure in Pikmin 1 in that they're on a quest to find food for their endangered planet, which is called Kopai. Kopai, Kopai. And they crash land in the Pikmin's world. So naturally they decide, well, there's food here. We'll collect this and take it home instead. So they collect fruit. The main goal of the game is to collect different types of fruit. And you will then take the seeds back to the home world eventually and also harvest the fruit into juice. And that juice is what powers you through the game. So how it works is at the end of the day, you, you are told, you got this much juice to like as nourishment for your captains. So if you get that much juice and you complete the task for that day, you can move on to the next day or you might have to replay if you don't. So that's kind of the structure of story mode this time. And each day's missions are going to rely on different number of characters. Sometimes you'll only be using, like, Alpha Brittany. Other times you'll be using all three of them and literally switching on the fly. So you're not just managing Pikmin. You're now managing your captains. So kind of like in Pikmin 2. So more like Pikmin 1, then, if that's what because, Mario said? It sounds because like it's, Pikmin 2. Because the time limits are back in. They still... The time limit well, thing... From, well, from what I said, it still sounded like it was like Pikmin 2. They said that you have time limits, but they said you're not... There's no time limit on how many days you can do something, just on the actual day itself. My guess, was just like but my guess two. is... There was no limit on how many days you that's can do true. And they also said you can repeat the day as many times as you want, so... Yeah, my guess is what they meant in terms of it's more like Pikmin 1 is that uh, the days might be short, like Pikmin 1. Because they extended the length of the day in Pikmin 2, did they not? I don't know, it was 15 minutes. I feel like they extended it. I feel like it was shorter. I might be wrong. 
but or maybe they scratch that plan when they realize that it's going to make it less accessible and they need this to be a heavy hitter for the console. Accessibility seems to be... Yeah. But either way, um, yeah, that's just story mode. There's also going to be a challenge mode. They haven't revealed anything. They said closer E3 they will. But they did go into a little detail of how the gamepad's used. It's pretty much how we experienced it when we played the game last year and talked about it on the show. Uh, the gamepad is used primarily in the game as what they call the co-pad, which is a little tablet the characters have. And for the player, that means you have an overall map of the area and you can kind of see where all the Pikmin and where their captains are and micromanage those. You can uh, move characters around by scrolling the map and then just tapping where you want them to go with your finger and you can basically send them to a specific place. Like the captains, not the Pikmin. So, and then the Pikmin will go with them. So if they're like clear across the map, you can tell Brittany, okay, I need you to go here. Press it. She starts walking and then you go get Charlie and you do something with him while she's walking across. So, you know, like that's how they handled the fact you had to move three characters at once. It's a little RTS. Yeah, it's a little, it's more RTS-ish than it used to be. But um, they also are giving a lot of control options. So gamepad obviously is going to work, where you can use it as a secondary screen for TV and the dual sticks to play it kind of like a GameCube controller, how Pikmin 1 and 2 were. Or you can do a combo of the Wii Remote and Nunchuck with the uh, gamepad as an off-TV like secondary screen that you keep to the side with you. Or you can use a pro controller with the gamepad as the like option, you know, second screen with your map. Yeah, or you can play. do off-TV play and not have that secondary screen. Or... Uh, I think I said this, the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. Wii Remote Plus, specifically, and Nunchuck. Which is what Nintendo says is the most... The control scheme they're focusing the most on. So I think that's the one they really want you to use. And then the other ones are the optional. Because the Motion Plus controls are way better in terms of precision than using the sticks. Gamepad as a controller it is. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to do that too because I don't want to have like four controllers next to me. Like, what if I want to use the maps? I put down the Wii Mode and pick up the map. Like, I don't know. But um, based on what we saw in the Direct, in my opinion at least, the graphics and overall interface and everything have gotten a huge facelift. It looks way better than it did when we played it last year. We played it both at uh, Comic-Con and the Wii U experience in late September before the system came out. In both cases, it looked okay, but it was definitely like a Wii game upscaled. And the map was like this weird two-tone like thing. Now the map is super colorful, super like easy to view. There's more options. You can do more like place people with your finger, like all that. Um, you can even view replays of your day. Like it'll be like a heat map of sorts. Where you can like see what your characters are doing and whatnot in like a sped up view, and you can rewind yeah, the fast forward like, to learn um, strategies. Kind of like Mario Chase and yeah, it's a lot like how Mario Chase ends, except it's on the gamepad while on the TV. It shows you other stats at the same time. Yeah. So that's an, that's that's actually a really clever use of it. Um, and the world itself just looks a lot better. It looks HD now. It doesn't look like it's just some upresed thing. So I don't know if it was worth the delay. Like I might have preferred having it now, but it's nice that they're actually putting in all the effort it needs to make it a really great game. Yeah, the that bird that appeared in the trailer that they showed today. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, sort of good, but I was kind of. I was expecting it to look better. Yeah, some of it, some of it, you could still see like the remnants of the Wii version in my mind, but yeah, yeah. like the like the ground textures, the objects, the like the the way they use like depth of field, out of focus, in focus stuff. All that looks a lot better than it did. Yeah, when it's we more. It. Yeah, it's more cinematic. Yeah, at least the cutscenes. But I mean, it's it's their second HD game. And even then, well, I mean, they have a bunch in development, but yeah, it's the second to come yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, Third, it's, it's, it's still, it's still the City. first run of it. I mean, they yeah. have... And it was originally for Wii. It's not even a true, like, I mean, they made huge strides to make it a true Wii U game, but it was originally for Wii. The control scheme that they, like I said, the control scheme they want, are focusing on is Wii Plus and Nunchuck, not Because what they started with. <laughs> yeah. And it just offers more precision. Yeah. But I'm definitely doing gamepad. Yeah, I mean, we I mean, we both skipped the, uh, what they call the new, new play, play control, control, Pikmin, and, I mean, my... Try to learn a new one. If really yeah, I'm perfect. I love the GameCube controls for it. I didn't have mm-hmm. problems with it. But yeah, so that's out August 4th. 
But before August 4th, we have uh, New Super Luigi U. That's actually coming out much sooner. And some new information was released about that for, uh, or in the Direct. Specifically, we now know that since Mario isn't in the game at all, as Nintendo has said, they had to swap him out in the multiplayer mode, because you can't have Mario suddenly pop up when you say there's no Mario. So now Nabbit, the rabbit that steals items from you and you have to run and chase him in New Super Mario Bros. U, he is now a playable fourth character in the multiplayer mode for Super Luigi U. And he's basically, he's basically for people who suck at Mario games. He can't get hurt, he can't die, he can't get power-ups, he just kind of runs. Much like he does in the, the original damage. form. Yeah. yeah, but still, it's just like, what player's going to be like, I'm just going to run through this and not worry. Like, literally, they show a scene where they're getting chased by this giant something or other, oh, like right. a giant fireball, and he's just standing in the fireball, just, guess like, walking. I guess if you have, like, a little brother or niece or something that yeah. just wants to play. It's not for us, it's for someone, it's for them, yeah. But uh, that's all in terms of new details. It's still going to have two new levels, revamping the whole game. And as we Are the boss battles different? Did they, uh, they, haven't said, uh, they said every level's new, so I would imagine that includes bosses. I would bosses. So. I would imagine. But uh, as we suspected... I don't want to do the same Bowser battle. Yeah, no. Though. I'd seriously doubt. That'd be weird if they did that. Considering, I mean, they've been making such a big point that's a brand new game to the point where they're actually going to release a retail version that's standalone from New Super Mario Bros. U. So it has to have new boss yeah, battles. Nintendo. But yeah, uh, as we suspected, the DLC itself, not the standalone version, is only going to be uh, 19 on the eShop when it launches, which I think both of us separately have predicted that in the past. So go us. But... Uh, it's going to come out June 20th, which is actually mere days before Game of Wario, which comes out, I think, the 24th or 5th, somewhere around there. Which makes me think Nintendo has a major problem with scheduling games now. Everything they release is, like, back-to-back. -back. I know. I mean, if you buy your Super Luigi U and WarioWare, you're getting game a full-price $59.99 game, practically. That is true. You are. You are. Yeah. yeah. But still, like, they could spread them out. Like, there's nothing in July. There's nothing in May. Why don't they release? Obviously, it's, they're done when they're done, but... It's weird that they keep doing this. They did it with, in March. They're doing it again. But either way, uh, so the DLC version's out June 20th. Then we have to wait, if you want the retail copy, till August 25th. And it's going to cost $10 more to get the retail box. Now, the box is bright green instead of blue. Like and the it has other... a year, year Luigi emblem on it. Yeah, and it has a year Luigi emblem on it. And it's primarily for people who don't own Mario U and might just want to skip ahead to Super Luigi U. That's its goal. It's for people who don't want to buy a game and then buy a $20 DLC pack. They just want the Luigi game for whatever reason. So I think it's interesting that Nintendo. Like did with, um, not Nintendo. It's like, like Game of the Year Red Redemption. Yeah, it's... The Zombie U yeah. DLC just became its own standalone box. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, or Game of the Year editions where they just bake the DLC in. No, but... That but was, oh, that's, that's a different, yeah. yeah, yeah that's because yeah. they, they just had the DLC thing, its True. own game. True. But it's just... I don't know why Nintendo insists on toying with my love of physical releases. Like, so they released Luigi U, which I was fine with downloading for 20 bucks in June. I'm gonna get it. But then two months later, they released a physical, awesome green box that will clearly be rare in, like, five years for $10 I more. I thought the weight would kill me, but now that Wario Luigi comes out... I mean, Game Wario, Wario. Luigi, Game of Wario comes out, like, pretty much right then and there. But it's just, like, why would they do that? Either release them at the same time... Or, like, make them the same price. Or do... I don't know. It's just so annoying. Do they want to cannibalize eShop? I think what... No, I think what they want to do, honestly, is they want to hype... They want people to buy it on eShop. Definitely. Yeah. They don't want to cannibalize Oh, don't cannibalize. I said they do. I was like, what? But then at the same time, they put so much time and effort into it, they don't think they're going to necessarily get all their money back. So they're having a fallback option of, well, two months later on August 25th, you can get the box. Not everyone has reliable internet. Yeah, well, that, that's actually what they said in the director. Like, if your internet connection is slow or whatever, you can get a retail <laughs> copy. So why, like do the people, <laughs> why do the people who have bad internet connections have to wait two months? That's unfair. And pay $10 more. 
And get that awesome green box. Because I literally told you how much the box cost, essentially. How much you pay for it. No, I think, I think uh, the box itself was like 50 cents. No, well, I mean, yeah. like... But yeah, distribution. To the, to Mark, the yeah, distribution and printing and making the disc. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's just like, I love physical box. I said that many times. I've said that so much on this show. Actually, that, like, like, I really like physical. I think, like Steam games, for the most part, were usually like $10 less than retail versions of the... Yeah, no, it's a standard game. pricing scheme. I'm just more surprised oh, yeah. that they're... Releasing them two months apart. I would be willing day one to may- maybe, if they were on the same day, get the physical box just because I like having boxes. I've said that a million times before. But to make it two months later, I don't want to wait. I'm probably going to cave. But it's just so like... I think Nintendo's... You know what I think they're doing? I think they know there are people like me that insist on going physical box. Like and they're the trying to wean us <laughs> off it. So they're like, well, if you get digital, it's early. And then eventually I'll be like, I don't care about boxes. I'll download everything from the eShop and never buy a box yeah, again. This is really like the opposite of like another problem about something we're going to talk about later with Phoenix, right? Yeah, where Phoenix Wright. Like Phoenix Wright's literally the yeah, it's literally <laughs> the opposite where they're taking away the box and not giving it to people who want. It. But we'll get to that when we talk third party games. There's still plenty of direct to talk about. Uh, that's it. That's it for Super Luigi U. I just wanted to say that Nintendo's ripping my heart in two different directions, and it's quite painful. Uh, the wonderful, the wonderful one to one is the next thing to talk about. There's not much to say except it was dated. It's now coming out September 15th. Uh, once again, Nintendo, stop not looking at what's releasing around your games. First they release their own games against each other, then they release it the same week as Grand Theft Auto V. I know the Wii U's probably not getting Grand Theft Auto V. I know the audiences are probably different, but you don't release a game alongside the biggest game of the year. Like, you wait a week, or you do it a week earlier or something, because someone who owns two systems and has to choose between GTA and Wonderful 101, I feel like they're going to go GTA. You think? Yeah. I think well, they, actually, you're right. If they're a type they, person that's really like, I can't, I really want Wonderful 101 and GTA, they might get Wonderful 101 because, because they're, they're, it's a unique product. Yeah, and they're like, I could always get GTA. I've played enough GTAs. GTA, yeah, but you know, but there's a lot, but there are also some people that won't do that and will get GTA. Don't, 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 uh, they should, on that because I've never really played a GTA. So don't tell me that they're all, that they're, they're all actually not yeah. that similar. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, in fact, this one has like three playable characters instead of one, and you're like multiple intertwining stories. And anyway, because but yeah, so one always played them for the story. They do. <laughs> they do. That is what you do. No, 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 but it's always really fun in the, it's, the free roam. Yeah, the free roaming and the story. Yeah, GTA just, 4 was apparently had a great story. But, um. Uh, Nico, but if I even know Yes, anyway. Nico. <laughs> but yeah, so, One for One One, September 15th. Uh, we know it's legit. We know it's actually happening. We know it's really coming because they made a logo finally. Prior to now, it's just a block of text. Like, it's just like One for One One. Now it's this fancy logo with like cool, wispy effects on it. So you know it's really happening if they're making the logo. That's a sign that they're getting right. Um, but yeah, that's Wonderful 101. That's September 15th. Yeah, the main character, Shoryuken, and you right on the cover. Oh yeah, right on the cover with his big red fist of fury that looks like it's on fire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the box actually looks really cool. Go check out the box. It's all over the web. Just look up on Amazon or something, all you dear listeners. It's, it's actually really cool. But uh, you mentioned Game of Mario before, and that was another game they talked about. Uh, specifically, they talked about some games we haven't previously talked about on the show. We have talked about a lot of mini games, but... Um, this one is, or these ones are a bit more interesting. Some of them we kind of talked about, but they talked about some ones we didn't, so we'll just go through all of them, I guess. Uh, so one of them is called Island, and this is actually a multiplayer one that sounds kind of cool. It sounds like Monkey Target mixed with, like, yeah. with like jacks, those, throwing, those toys you throw or whatever. So how it works in Island is you each use the gamepad one by one, you and your friends, and you're launching these little characters that they call Fronks. I don't know why. They've always been there in the WarioWare. Yeah, I never knew they had names. They're those little guys that are like, they're the square heads. They look like little data chip people. Yeah, they're the square heads with like the itty, itty, bitty bodies. They look like data chip people, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So they're now called Fronks. So congratulations, data head people. You now have (laughs) names. Uh, And they 
are getting thrown, like, slingshotted off the gamepad to a target floating in the water, an island, on the TV screen. Once That's where the monkey target part comes in, I'd say. And what you're doing is you're trying to land them and get a score, because the island's actually a giant bullseye. And, you know, the better your score, the... You win. <laughs> so so the, the, the trick is other people, when they throw their fronks, as you pass around the controller, can actually knock your fronks out. So now you have so to be strategic. it's kind of like curling in that sense. Yeah. So it's like being, it's like a mix of being strategic and having that chaotic element of what your friend's going to do, you'll know. So it's actually kind of a clever, it's like if Monkey Ball was in real, if, it's like if Monkey, Super Monkey Ball's Monkey Target was in real time, where both of you were like bashing the monkeys into each other as you're flying towards the target, kind of. I mean, it's still turn-based, but in terms of the outcome, that's what it's like. So uh, that's one. That one actually sounds really cool. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. The other one we have talked about, but we didn't really understand it because it was from Japan and we didn't know the translation, and that's Patchwork. In this minigame, it's a puzzle game where you're using the gamepad's touchscreen to figure out how to overlap these giant like fabric pieces to form certain images. So the pieces are bigger than the spaces they need to go into, but the way you overlap them and how you stack them is what determines how you make the image. So it's like the cross, but with giant patches of fabric. And that stars the samurai, or yeah, the samurai girl, ninja girls from WarioWare, yeah. and a cat. Yeah, I think. katana. Yeah, yeah. you combine them because katana. Story. Oh my god, I never noticed that. Because they always do Anna and Cat. They always switch it. No, there's cut. It's Cat and Anna. I mean, Katana. Man, this is almost as bad as when I figured out that Will I Am is just William. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that's the second one. And the third one we talked about before, definitely, that's Kung Fu. Uh, it actually looks really cool now that I've seen it in motion. Like, the cel-shaded, like, hand-drawn look looks awesome. But you're controlling this guy who's all jumping from platform to platform, collecting dumplings as you go, because everyone loves dumplings, and getting to the end of each level. And you have two views. TV, you're seeing behind the back third person. Top down on the gamepad screen. You have to look at both views to know where to land properly so you don't fall into pits in the platform. Yeah, what looks like a bottomless pit could be just like a place to get an item. Right, or it could be a bottomless pit where you don't think there is one. But you can't tell on the TV because you're only seeing the side of the platforms you're jumping to. While on the gamepad, you're seeing top down. It's like uh, Captain Falcon's Twister. Yeah, Twister raced on Nintendo Land. So all of that, along with a handful of other games, including Megan, including Gamer, and the dancing one, and the skiing one, and the tank one, and the arrow one, all of those are going to be uh, out June 24th in Game of Wario, which Nintendo has, as we mentioned last episode, said is only going to be $40. Which is good because, yeah, there's a lot of mini games, but apparently they're not all that long. So it seems like a fair price for what you're getting. Seems really fair. Yeah. Okay. Nintendo also, these are super rapid-fire rapid tidbits. Nintendo went through some up very soon releases, like in the next three weeks, and just detailed a couple of things. So it might be worth knowing, for example, that Oracle of Ages and Seasons are both coming to the 3DS eShop on May 30th. The Zelda pair uh, is now going to share a similar pricing scheme to how Japan had it, where individually each game will cost $5.99. But since Nintendo really wants everyone to buy the two games together... And play them together, because as you may recall, you beat one game, you enter a password in the other, you continue with all your items. Like, they link. So they really want... They link. They link. You could do one and then the other. It works both ways. But they link. Get it? Link. The the, the, the hero of time. Link. They link. No reaction. Okay. Uh, So, how it's going to work is, um, to get people to want to link, they're going to drop the price for the first three weeks, through June 20th, to... from. May 30th to June 20th to four ninety nine each. So overall, you're paying ten dollars for the for the pack of them instead of twelve. So it's just a way to get people to download more. It's similar to what they're doing right now, where if you bought if you buy Mario World on the Wii U Virtual Console, you get New Super Mario Brothers two on the Wii U Virtual Console at half price. Should you choose to buy it, just a clever way to get you to buy more stuff. But they're framing it under 
Well, they really are one complete game split into two. Like, if you beat one, there's a whole nother one. So why don't we let you have a deal? And they are pretty different, though. One is when more f- action-based, and the other one is more yeah. puzzle-based. And when they frame it as you're getting two... Don't know which one's which, though. And when they're framing it as you're getting two super great Zelda experiences for under $10. That's literally how they said it in the Nintendo Direct. It's kind of like, well, that's hard to argue with. Yeah. So, although I don't know if I'll get because I have seasons on my Game Boy. Not like I play my Game Boy still, but I have it. Well, I guess if you don't want to experience both. So. Yeah, no, well, this is the only way, I guess. Um, a week before we get the Oracles, we're getting, as we all know, Donkey, maybe, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D on May 24th. And the bonus levels that were first revealed in the last Nintendo Direct that we talked about are now confirmed to be unlockable, not just in new mode, but also in original mode. So you can either choose to take the easy route that's more handheld friendly, where you have extra items, extra health, more save opportunities, I think. And, um... Began that way, or just normally, as you would play on the Wii version. The true Donkey Kong uh, Country but, experience. But, yeah, the true Donkey Kong Country Returns experience. But the thing that's more interesting to me is that each of World 9's levels actually are callbacks to each of the other eight worlds, while also introducing new mechanics. Which, once again, makes me wonder why Donkey Kong Country Returns isn't Donkey Kong Land Returns and just new stuff. Nintendo was showing new platforms that are like, you know, they fall out from under you after a certain amount of time where these giant cogs that like mash up, like change the structure of the level and all this other stuff. But nope, it's only for those eight levels at the end. Yeah. Could have made a whole game, but no. They're just testing, they're testing. I guess they're te- Yeah, I guess they're seeing how it's going to go. And actually, if you live in the LA area, Donkey Kong's at the LA Zoo over Memorial Weekend. The Donkey Kong. The Donkey Kong. A guy in a Donkey Kong suit will be in the gorilla enclosure. Well, not in the enclosure, <laughs> next to the enclosure. Or he'll be in there. I don't know. And they're going to be doing Donkey Kong stuff. So if you're in LA, go check that out. We actually are probably going to go they'll check that out. They'll be doing the DK rap with everybody. Yeah, they'll be doing the DK rap. I mean, he is the leader of the bunch. He knows him well. So he'll be... Yeah. Yeah. He's finally back to kick some tail. His coconut gun it fires and spurts. If you shoot, see that's going to hurt. DK, Donkey Kong. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only person I know, I swear. But, uh... So yeah, that's at the LAC. We're probably going to go check it out. We'll probably have an extra covering it after the fact. So stay tuned, possibly, for that. Uh, but back to Nintendo Direct. Uh, one final thing, game, Nintendo talked about was um, Animal Crossing New Leaf. And really all that's worth saying is they launched a new uh, video series called Inside the Treehouse. And personally, I find this fascinating. It's like Iwata asks, but for, for Nintendo America specifically. So what they're doing is... What they're doing is that you can watch these videos. There's going to be one a day or a couple a week or something like that. And essentially, they're going to be interviews with a whole bunch of different Nintendo Treehouse people. There's a group of four of them that have worked on the game, starting with the original GameCube version, going up to the uh, current one that's about to come out, New Leaf. And they just talk about what the experience is like, how they have to work with Japan, how they localize the games, how they westernize the games, all that. They're like three or four minutes each, but it's super cool, for me at least, because on the one hand... It's just nice to have a look at their process. And secondly, I've talked to some of these people through various means, through the old Nintendo forums and whatnot, so it's kind of neat to, like, put a face to the na- to the chat room name or whatever. So, yeah. They're all they're real people. Yeah, they're real people. They're not just these mythical creatures that translate Nintendo products. But yeah, so that's, an, that's it for game news in the Direct. But Nintendo did have one final little treat. And that's that I want to promise that there will be another Direct going into E3 with news on the next Mario for Wii U, on the next Mario Kart, on the next Smash Bros. Everything they're showing at E3. And that is going to be soon because E3 is June um, 11th, 12th, that week. <laughs> that week of June. June 11th is when it starts. Four weeks from now. Maybe. Less than four. It's three. Three as, of this, three as of the day this podcast goes up. We're going to have one more episode before E3. And that's E3. Wow. Yeah. 
So, um, the thing is, they're actually not only going to have those Nintendo Directs for us, they also have another treat for us to be able to experience E3, and that is, according to Reggie, who closed out the Direct, they will be bringing E3 to Best Buy. Select Wii U game demos will be available at 100 participating stores nationwide. You can go check them out during the week of E3. They'll be, you know, a controlled demoing experience, but you can still go play them, which is very smart, as it kind of, you know, drums up interest for the Wii U, which doesn't have a lot of games, till pick, like Game of Mario, sure, but nothing really till Pikmin 3, but they can go, look, here's Mario, here's Smash Bros., here's Mario, you should buy the system now, and you have all these games later. So... At first, I was, I mean, at first, I, that makes sense now. Initially, when I read that, I was like, wait, why don't they just make them eShop downloads, right? Like, wouldn't that make more sense, playing the comfort of your home? But a friend on Twitter pointed out that people that are in Best Buy might not have a Wii, a Wii U, obviously, or the eShop, but if they walk by and see, whoa, what is that Smash Bros., they're going to stop and want to play it. And similarly, it, it uh, also means Nintendo can handle demos crashing a little smoother than, oh no, my Wii U's frozen now, since it's at their location, and impulse decisions. If someone sees Mario Kart and goes, I'll buy this and wait. It's a good way to do it. What I would like to see, though, is that uh, the eShop has its own versions as well. And there actually was a listener of ours who pointed out on Twitter to me that it's possible Nintendo could still announce an eShop, or hopeful that Nintendo could still announce eShop demos at E3. They could be like, here, okay, here's Nintendo Direct, here's Mario, here's Metroid, or, not Metroid, here's Mario, here's Mario Kart. Play them right now. Here's Smash Bros. Yeah. Uh, You could go check them out at Best Buy or download them right now. Yeah. But that kind of undermines the Best Buy thing, so I don't know. I just hope they do bring them to the eShop at some point. I mean, the deal might be more on the Best Buy side. Like, oh, don't put a demo out because we want people to come to our stores. Yeah, it might be a mix of that and just the fact that they can ensure purchases that way. Because, yeah, us, if we get downloads of eShop games, obviously we're going to buy Smash Bros. and Mario and Mario Kart. But what they really want to do is show people that don't know what the Wii U is, look, there's this new system with Smash Bros., Mario, and Mario Kart, and Wind Waker, and whatnot. So, the the, the more interesting, or the more, I think the take... All the parents are going to be like, wait, don't you already have this game? Like, yeah, no, don't no, you have no. a Wii, and a Mario, and a Smash Bros., and a Mario Kart? No, 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 this is a different Mario, it has a, a different Smash Bros., a different Mario Kart, and a Wii with a U at the end, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the, the takeaway of this is that we misjudged Nintendo's decision to not have a Nintendo press conference, a big E3 press conference. When it was announced at the time, everyone on the web was like, oh no, they're not going to get attention. Oh no, the mainstream media won't talk to them. Yeah, but they're going to E3. They'll have the games there, but instead of reaching out to fans through a televised thing and through mainstream media, they're kind of going straight to the fans instead of like circumventing, you know, going through media. They're going straight to them and going... more to even play the game? Yeah, they're literally just going, hey guys, here's what we have at E3. Try it for yourself. We don't need to put put this on TV. People will walk into Best Buy. CNN will cover it somewhat. Maybe not as much as they would something else, but someone that's in Best Buy will see it. Yeah, like... Get your own impressions. Yeah, get your own impressions. Don't... Without the six-hour line. Yeah, without... Yeah. Or not even that, but just like, why do we have to show you on stage where there are technical errors where you can just go try for yourself? Like, why waste... I get the technical errors for yourself. Yeah. Like, why have to... Like, Skyward Sword. When Miyamoto demoed it two years ago at E3 and the Motion Plus wasn't working because of interference from the uh, Wi-Fi in the room because everyone's on their laptops yeah. live blogging, they can avoid that now, while still giving the same message to Nintendo Directs and then letting people experience it one-on-one, nationwide. So it's actually very smart, and I bet you it's roughly costing them the same amount of money as a press conference to do all this other stuff. They probably just shifted their resources instead of actually like saving money or whatever. So, smart Nintendo. Didn't expect them to do this, and it's really cool that they did. I just wish they had done it sooner, because like, this seems like... How great would it have been if like, every year E3 was like this, instead of just this year? It's just because Nintendo's flailing around, like, what do we do, what do we do? We need to show Mario, Mario Kart, and Smash Bros. now. So they put it out there. But yeah, uh, in the Japanese Direct, there's actually one more game announcement that for some reason wasn't announced for America, even though both these games came to America. 
And that's Nintendo and Sega had. Cards didn't sell well. No, they did. Uh, I think the. F- I think there were at least three of them in America, and the first two must have sold well enough to warrant the third. I think one of them. I think the third wasn't the. The third, third one, my bomb. The third Yakuza wasn't it, it a PS3 game? One yeah. of them was a PS3 game. Well, anyway. We don't even we haven't even said what this is. Uh, we kind of yeah. Yakuza one and two are being remade for in HD for the Wii U. Both games, uh, actually the whole series used to be PlayStation exclusive, but now Sega is bringing it to Wii U upgraded in HD. It's going to be a two pack that launches in Japan on August eighth. Both games one disc, and the game's uh, biggest change besides obviously the graphics. Yeah, I would buy that. I don't even know what Yakuza. Is. It's some sort. Of, it's like a crime <laughs> world. It's like it's all about the crime world, and I think it's kind of like a mix of. It's like a streamlined GTA. I think like in terms of like it's that sort of vibe but it's a little more not it's a little more point a point b than like just open world dogs? possibly i'm not that familiar with it i want to speak but uh i think that's what it is but they are adding gamepad stuff in mm-hmm. addition to uh the graphics obviously specifically players can use uh i'm assuming hmm? I mean, that's already stable right they oh. haven't said all they've said is that specifically a player can use the touch screen to monitor their character status and you know tweak that and to navigate the game's very complicated street map because it takes place in japan where there's lots of tight tiny streets and whatnot so basically a giant map that's all i've said so uh that is what the nintendo direct included what was surprising is for a direct that was set up for the summer it left out a lot of summer things that were planned possibly because they were delayed for example what happened to wii party 2 or wii u party or whatever you want to call it back in january's nintendo direct iwata said it's coming this summer it's now the summer Nintendo Direct, and they're saying nothing. It's not even mentioned. Well, it's it, like, died. I it it disappeared. Game. I bet you it's now a fall release, but I wonder what happened there. Similarly, the where... The party has died. The party died, yeah. Similarly, where's We Fit You? The only thing I could think of... That was supposed to be a spring title, then a summer title, now it's just gone. Presumably, they're, they're doing working some... working out? I, yeah, probably. My guess is they're doing some sort of major revamp, because they realized that fitness meter and rehashed uh, activities are not enough. They're probably doing some major, like, change of some sort they have to you be. get a headband you get a headband and a fitness tracker. you wear the fitness tracker on your headband right on your forehead <sighs> and you look like a doofus to everyone uh another game that yeah, was, the headband will have the little holder for it so yeah but it'd be right on your, your forehead right on your forehead another uh another game that went missing in action is mario golf world tour that was supposed to be a summer release even in the last nintendo direct i was said it's coming a little later than originally planned but it's still aiming at summer and now we're looking at summer and it's gone again. Like, I mean, that means it... Considering this Direct covered up through September 15th with uh, Wonderful 101, that essentially means that Mario Golf is after Wonderful 101, I'd say. But it is a kind of a summary game, so maybe late September? I don't know why they didn't include it. But, so that's what Nintendo Direct had and didn't have. I'm kind of bummed they left those things out, but I'm guessing... Obviously, they got but delayed, it's but it's a question more of... More than enough games. I mean, they're already... Not really. What ha- so we have June, we have uh, Game of Mario, and I guess... Between both super, New Super... New Luigi... Well... We have nothing in July on either console. For a company that system is selling less and less each month, Wii U. Wasn't it I'm not in the quite negative? sure. Huh? What? Wasn't it in the negative at some point? I mean, in the negative. How's it sell in the negative? Well, percentage-wise. It's always in the negative. It's always been going down every month. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. So for that, you would think they'd find something for July. Like, I can understand Mario Golf, whatever. It's like a packed... Actually, no, I can't. There's no, there's no 3DS game in June, is there? Or July. There's nothing to Mario and Luigi in August, huh? I don't think so. Dream Team's in, on August 20th, and there's nothing before it. There's another one, by the way. Which is so this package E-shop version... Games? Oh. Yeah, there'll be eShop, but nothing like major. The package version, by the way, of Super New Luigi or Super Luigi U comes out five days after Mario and Luigi Dream Team. Once again, Nintendo's squishing all their releases together. 
But anyway, one game in later on in the year, actually, after all this, is Pokemon X and Y, and outside of Nintendo Direct, they released a whole bunch of fresh news on that game, or set of games. So, um, specifically what they did is the Pokemon Company and Nintendo put out a new trailer and some new info on the official website, and they kind of, it was kind of a bit of a, not a blowout, but like a fair amount of stuff that was unannounced. Like, they, they didn't say, we're gonna tell you this, they just told you. Like, they didn't do the stupid hyping campaign, they're just like, here it is. Here's some news. I know, like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Mewtwo really is a new form. Yeah, like, which we, which I was totally wrong about. I thought he'd be a whole new Pokemon, but that's just a new form. Yeah. But that came, from, that, like came from, uh, form that came from that came from that came from Magazine in Japan, so that was a little different. And some of this information that they did reveal originally started in that magazine, but then they just kind of dropped the English information out of nowhere. Like, usually, like, you know, they didn't even do, like, a Pokemon director or anything. They're just like, here you go. Enjoy. Here's a minute trailer. So what they showed is, we'll go from general to specific, um... We now know the game is set in a new region called Kalos, or Kalos. It's pretty similar to Europe. It looks a lot like Europe in shape. And it's... Just people uh, with baguettes. No, no, no. The, well, yeah, I'm getting yeah. there. Yeah. But, like, physically, the region looks like Europe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a squished Europe. And the newly revealed city of Lumio City is totally Paris. Like you said, people with baguettes. There's an Eiffel Tower of sorts. There's street cafes. There's cars on the road going, you know, all the roads kind of, like, go towards the centerpiece, kind of like the Arc de Triomphe has it in Paris. And it's basically going to be the central hub of the region, of the, uh, of the Kalos region. It's going to be the main city in the game, like the biggest city in the game. And uh, it was also revealed, separate from the city, that for the first time you can customize your trainer in more than just a gender. Each trainer now has three different skin tones and hair colors, and you can swap out clothes and accessories during certain points of the game. Which I totally called from the very first trailer on, like, there's sunglasses in that shot. But not in that shot. Where did his sunglasses go? And it's because you could take them off. Yeah, but that was also because of the glitch in the trailer. Regardless, yeah. I was totally right. That still meant that, like, oh, okay, that means they're actually mapping the accessories mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. Which well, I think So they're customizable, yeah. And they're customizable, and I imagine... I don't know what they mean by certain parts of the game. I'm hoping they mean that uh, it's going to be, you know, as you unlock things, opposed to, say... I don't know, like, here's a part where you can swap your jacket. Would you like to do so? Yes or no? And then you're stuck with whatever you well, choose. Well, I think, I think maybe, like, you can't change anything until you go to, like, the first department store. Because right. always oh, a yeah, department yeah. store. No, but I just mean, like, like, I hope it's more freeform than just, here's a point where you get a new shoe. Do you want to put it on? You know what I mean? Oh, that's a thing you could maybe only change your concern. Well, you can only maybe do it, only I'm sure you can only do it at the department Like, at stores. your house or the department store. Every store. time they show a clothing change in any of the trailers, it's been in front of a mirror. So, you need a mirror. Yeah. But I'm just saying, just I guess my point is, I hope it's not like, I hope it's not like, you got a new jacket, do you want to use it? Yes or no? Kind of like how when you evolve a po- or not evolve a Pokemon, but you teach a Pokemon moving it forgets the old move. I don't want it to be like, you didn't pick the jacket, and I can never wear it. Oh. Like, I just don't want to be like that. But, um, <laughs> leave it on the floor. Yeah, just, just leave it behind, it's fine. But the new trailer did show gameplay, not just jackets. Um, specifically, uh, it looks like you can move diagonally now, which is nice, because there's a circle pad, which is analog. Sit. Versus, yeah, and you can sit. That right there is a Megaton. You can totally just sit in a bench. Right, it's like Skyrim. You just sit in a bench. I, I just thought it was so funny that the trailer was like, look, he's adventuring, he's adventuring. He sat on a bench. Like, they, it's like this big momentous moment. And the camera pans on And the camera, camera like, swings around him, and it's like, ooh, a bench. Confirms that Rosalia's are also in the game. What? Because um, there was a water fountain that was... Oh, yeah, with the Rosalia. statue. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think diagonal moving can actually be nice, because... I, you know, I was playing black and white on my 3DS with the circle pan. It just feels weird to only be able to move, you know, in eight directions when you have a full analog 360 degrees to work with. Granted, that's a DS game. I was, hey, you only get four. You get eight because you can One, do up. two, three. Yeah, but then you don't get the angles. Eight. You can do up left, up right, down left, down right, can't you? 
don't think so. Well, I mean, when you press it, he goes like, he does an L shape, but he'll do it. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying this time he can actually do the hypotenuse of the triangle instead of the two yeah, legs. Yeah. yeah. So there's also a new Pokedex, of course, and it's going to be a holographic iPad-ish tablet. And there were new Pokemon, specifically four, were revealed. Uh, potentially the most interesting is a grass type named Go-Goat, who resembles <laughs> a goat. And he's of significance because he helps you go places, hence Go-Goat. Uh, you can ride him. He's the first rideable Pokemon, presumably not the last. Uh, in, in the trailer, they show him riding around in the city. And they say you'll be able to ride him in certain circumstances, in certain contexts. I imagine they mean other Pokemon, too. And I imagine they're going to have stuff like nature reserves where you can't walk. So you have to ride Pokemon, and that's the Pokemon you battle with to get special Pokemon. Kind of like Safari Zone, but you have to ride a Pokemon through it. So or like they could do like a petting zoo in a city, and you can ride them around. I don't know like what their goal is, but the fact that they're saying only in uh, certain areas kind of means it has to be something like that, yeah, right? So if you think they're replacing the bike, probably not. No, no, no. Yeah, this is not replacing it at all. And uh, the other three Pokemon... Well, the roller skates make it with training. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, did you know there was going to be a skateboard in gold and silver, but then they cut out at the last minute? Oh, that would have been rad. <laughs> yeah, man. So rad with your hat backwards and your bright-colored 80s clothes. But, uh, yeah, the three other Pokemon they revealed besides Go-Go, who, by the way, that's the most literal Pokemon name in quite a while. Go-Go. He's a goat that helps you go places. Or uh, Fletchling, which is a normal and flying-type bird. An electric normal-type lizardy thing with big floppy ears named... Uh, Helioptile, I guess. And then a fighting type He's panda. A he looks kind of cool. Yeah, he actually looks really cool. He has like these dopey eyes and ears. It's kind of funny. But And then there's this uh, fighting type panda, adorable little angry panda, named Pancham. And he better evolve into pandemonium if he's a fighting type. I'm he's a fighting that. type. No, I mean, like, yeah. if he, since he's a fighting type, his, his final stage better be pandemonium because he's a panda. But, um... Yeah, he honestly... Shouldn't I, be not inspired by Kung Fu Panda. No. But it can't be at all, no. But I actually uh, really like these new designs. I'm one of those guys that like, oh, the o- the OG original first generation Pokemon are the best, yeah. And they got kind of worse over time in my mind. We've had this debate on the show a million times, I know. But... Yeah, I, I just stay neutral. Yeah, but I think these this new batch actually looks really cool. And you can see them for yourself if you go to roundtown.com and click on this episode, episode 43. Yeah, you can see them in action. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, the trailer's there too. Episode forty three, many of the minis move on. Uh, if you go there and click your way around to the, uh, you know, go down to scroll the news section and click Pokemon X and Y, or go to the game section, go to the official website. There's trailers of them fighting. There's screenshots. You can see what they look like. They look pretty cool. Much better than, uh, much better than the last couple batches, in my humble opinion. Well, yeah. I know you disagree, but that's why I said my humble opinion. But um, I once again though. Props to Nintendo and Pokemon Company for just releasing information and not being like, there's going to be an announcement of an announcement of an announcement in a week. And then two weeks after that, there'll be another announcement. And then a week after that, we'll finally announce what we announced we're going to announce. That seems to be the big trend in gaming now. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that's another great thing. I'm like, like, Square Enix, like, oh, be excited for our... Yeah, we're gonna make be excited, we're going to announce Final Fantasy. And then they announce, we're announcing that we're going to make Final Fantasy. And then they announce, we announced we're making Final Fantasy. Now, here's a screenshot of what we made a year ago. Like, it's so <laughs> tedious. But Nintendo Direct's the same way. They insist on having... Like, they only announce them 24 hours in advance. So it's just enough time to get hyped, but not, like, this stupid, like, okay, get ready. We're going to have a page that counts down to a countdown video that leads you to the announce to the teaser trailer that takes you to the announcement three weeks later, which is, like, a very common trend in the gaming world now. So um, that's it for Nintendo first-party stuff, actually. There's a lot of it, as you could tell. I mean, we had an hour's worth. But there's also some big third-party stuff. Most notably, we hinted at, the, or we kind of alluded to this already, uh, Ace Attorney 5 is coming stateside to, and to Europe this fall. 
It's now called Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Dual Destinies, which right. sounds like a leftover DS game title. You know, like duels, like Dual Strike or Phoenix Wright Double D. Yeah, Phoenix Wright Double D. And uh, the game will see Phoenix once again being a lawyer. He took a break in the last entry, sort of. Yeah, he was a piano. Yeah, and he was a piano instructor. Right? And oh, no, Apollo no, no, Justice, and, a, and it fought, and the last game followed Apollo Justice, who now is a recurring character in this game, and he will be one of the lawyers as well. But it's more about Phoenix. Like they said, he's a lawyer in this game too. I don't know if you play as him. They just said he's. Oh, yeah, yeah, they showed gameplay. Oh, the, so you do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And there's also the introduction of a brand new side character, uh, new assistant for Phoenix named Athena Sykes. Now you see, she's called Syke because her tool set she has makes her a little psychic about what people are thinking. Get it? Psych, psychic. What they're feeling. What they're feeling. Yeah, so he, uh, she, sorry, has the ability to detect when a person is lying by analyzing their emotion, emotional responses during like key moments of their testimony. So how it will work, we talked about this before with the Japanese version, but it's now called the Mood Matrix, which is actually a really clever name. And how it works is you'll see some emoticons on the top screen, and some of them will light up different ways on key words that kind of, you know, in their, uh, in the testimony. dialogue, yeah, yeah. When they're giving the little testimony, so yeah. So during the testimony, key things will light up, and it's your job to kind of identify what lit, what lit up the most. What does that mean? How can you use that against? Like, how can you present evidence if you were angry right then? That yeah. sort of thing. Like in the trailer, they show like, oh, you said lawyers in a very angry way. You, you must not like lawyers. Yeah, yeah. which leave you to believe you did it. Something, but yeah. Which is horrible logic. Just because you don't like lawyers mm-hmm. doesn't mean like if someone doesn't like the police, it doesn't mean they went and robbed a bank. Like it doesn't work like that. But. um yeah, every, uh, everything in the game is in 3D now. That's a confirmed Trucy and Miles. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, they're there. Yeah. And there's and the new prosecutor is a convict. So, yeah, and is this a relative of one of the other of a different old prosecutor character? Uh, I don't but he's on, but I know he's like on death row and he has an eagle or hawk. Yeah, he has a hawk. I think. Yeah, yeah, a pretty so, awesome hawk. Yeah, so, but, so, so the old. The one from the last game was like an electric guitarist that always played air guitar, and this guy just has a hawk that sends him. I think the air guitar might win. I'm it was always weird, and then the I one think before the that had always was always drinking coffee. And then there was, and then was so. what's her name that always whipped her whip. Yeah, so First of all, who lets a whip in the courtroom? Yeah. You can't bring weaponry into a courtroom. And but regardless, uh, yeah. Oh, and then the other one I just threw hot coffee at Phoenix all the time. I remember that. Yeah, but, uh, so everything in this game, including the hawk, are now in full 3D. Uh, both. <laughs> the hawk will fly right the at hawk you. Will, the, the hawk will be right in your face. It'll be like those annoying, like, it's coming at you moments in movies. But, uh. Yeah, investigation phase is in 3D now, and that means that uh, you can explore rooms in more depth, you can zoom into things, you can pan around rooms like a full 360 degrees. There's a lot more to it. Uh, the downside, as we kind of talked, alluded to when we were talking New Super Luigi U, is that there is no physical release. It is going digital only. It will only be available in the eShop in North America. Japan does have a physical copy, but we do not. Capcom says that... Uh, the reasoning behind this is many Ace Attorney games have very short shelf lives. Companies sense. will put them on their shelves, GameStop, Best Buy, whoever, but then after that initial shipment, they're gone. And they th- and they won't take it back because they don't sell well long term. They're, they're not evergreen tiles, as Nintendo calls Mario Kart and Brain Age. They're very flash in the pan. Like, first week sales are what matter. So as such, by going digital, they feel that it can always be available to people and they can you know, continue to promote them over time, not to worry about convincing retailers to keep yeah. stocking them. Makes sense. I mean, it's a it pretty, makes it's sense, a but there's a niche, hole in a their logic. Ni- it's a pretty niche title. Yeah, but there's a hole in their logic. You can do an initial run of the games and then make it digital too. There's no, pr- there's no one saying if you go digital, you can't go retail. Nintendo does that with all their games. That's so I think what, the I real. Mean, that's actually a thing. What Capcom did was, I think it was Ace Attorney Three here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why 
the second and the third game became so rare because there was only a really yeah they short did one run of them, and then now they're like eight. well, well the real the, not anymore the they, original they, Phoenix Wright they, they started reprinting them yeah so the original Phoenix, boxing games is not a problem yeah and the original Phoenix Wright actually had an insane shortage to the point where I couldn't find it anywhere I went to Nintendo World in New York I happened to be going to New York like a couple months after it came out they were the only place I had and they only had four copies only place like I checked all of LA you know I like looked up online. And then I just was just at Nintendo World, and I saw it behind the shelf. And when I was paying, like, yeah, this is, like, we have gotten, like, nothing. And people keep asking for it. You're lucky you're here when it's here. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's, happy 8th anniversary it. to Nintendo World. They oh. just turned 8. Oh. But, uh... But I guess you're looking I, for that yeah. game, or for 3, or for 4, or the spinoff. You can get them on Amazon for 20 bucks. Also, I believe at least, I believe at least a couple of them are on WiiWare, right? On the Wii we Shop were, channel. They're all on WiiWare, except so if for you can't Part find, 4, Apollo Justice, and the Right, but if you can't find the first three and you want to catch up, there's WiiWare as another yeah. option. And there will be yeah, coming yeah, to yeah, iOS the 10 bucks in July. I mean, that's how I yeah. first got them before I got right. to have the boxes. But, and but, I'll take that away from But you. more to the point, the whole argument, going back to the digital versus physical, I don't think that the reasoning is because retailers won't take it beyond one shipment. Because they can do the one shipment. I think the it. reason is they don't think the marketing and distri- distribution costs cover how niche it is. They don't think they can turn a profit if they do an initial run and only an initial run. Because... How it works is, you know, when you make a game, the more you produce, the cheaper it becomes. Buying in bulk. That's why going to Costco and buying 800 cans of Pringles overall is a much more affordable strategy than buying one can every week or whatever at the higher price for the individual can. I don't know why I use Pringles, but Pringles are delicious. But, um, yeah, so I'm guessing the real reason is that they don't want to deal with the marketing distribution because they don't think they'll get a return on their investment. And as such, they're going to eShop only. And quite frankly, I think this is we're going to see more and more of this going forward. I mean... You know, you already have... Uh, Capcom's done this before. They did it with Okami HD on PlayStation. It was a retail title in Japan, only on PlayStation Network in America. And Darkstalkers Resurrection. Darkstalkers, they did it too. And other companies are probably going to pick up on this if this works well. I mean, we've already seen, like, some of the more niche titles from, like, Axis or Exceed or one of those publishers, like Coded Princess or whatever. They had a very, very limited run, and they just went digital. And there's mm-hmm. some games that are just going digital. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be, unless you're a AAA title... In my mind. Unless you're a AAA title, you're probably going to be digital. But yeah. will you only be digital? You will be digital, but the question is, will you only be digital, or will you have a minor retail presence? Like, Exceed and Access circumvent this. Those two publishers circumvent this sort of thing. They're very niche, but they make these elaborate packages. So you're getting, like, a premium package of, like, a book and a CD and the game and whatnot. So they can kind of counterbalance the limited run high cost by charging more for giving you, like, a $50, $60 collection of goodies, so to speak. But if you're just doing the game, this is probably going to be the future... And I mean, on one hand, it kind of sucks for those who like physical games like me. I guess things go more and more digital, like new. Yeah, I mean, Luigi really, U, we had the same issue. It really bothering me just because I just. Yeah, and you collect I'm, them. I'm it must com- drive you crazy because you collect them. Yeah, I was trying to complete the whole. Yeah. Phoenix and then on now, top of that, why didn't they do Ace Attorney I mean, Investigations 2, I mean, which they didn't want to release for physical issues, but obviously they can do a digital release because they're doing it with fun. Anything now feels like we're, if, if we're going to get Ace Attorney vs. Phoenix right at all. I mean, yeah. Laden versus Phoenix at all. Yeah. Oh, it might yeah. just be digital. Nah, I think that, I mean, that could still be retail because Layton sells well and is a mainstream title. I mean, the only other thing that kind of bothers me is that um, just knowing the type of game that Phoenix Wright is, mm-hmm. those games, I mean, after you beat it, you really don't have much of a reason to play it. At least yeah. for like another like two to three years if you like you want to just play the story again. Because they're basically interactive novels. Yeah, they're so like once you read it, they're kind of just there. And those kind of games I don't really like having as download games because they kind of just end up taking space. And, yeah, I mean, if I have a digital copy, I could just put it away, just look at it, want to play it a little, put it back in, but I don't yeah. know, it'd just be a space taker in the end. Yeah. And also, a more personal problem, I sh- 
like sharing the game with my brother. So it's like, no, what am I gonna do, do now? Like, what am I gonna buy two copies? Or am I gonna let them buy my three That's smart, Capcom, because they can ensure two sales. Well, no, now I'm just gonna try to figure out where. You can't like, transfer. You can only transfer all your 3ds no, or like, none of your 3ds. I guess I could live without my 3ds for. Oh, just give it to him for a couple weeks. But um, I will say, though... We'll just have to marathon it. While it's cool... I mean, while it sucks that we're not getting physical, it is cool that that means more niche tiles could come to America, and I wish they did this sooner, because uh, there are a bunch of games. Nintendo even released a handful of games, first-party games, that didn't come to America for various reasons involving marketing, distribution, and demographics. They're just too quirky. But if yeah. they if they had this eShop platform set up, we could have seen them. I mean, Tokyo Crash Mobs, the video, full-motion video, uh, Magnetica-style game, or Zuma, as you may know it, uh, that would never have come to America if there wasn't the eShop. Like, a game where you're playing as two girls who are trying to, like, get to the front of the line of something, and they do it by playing Magnetica against the rest of the people online. Like, the people are the objects. Like, no way. That would never be a real game. But it can be because of the eShop. And now Ace 25 proves that more. And I actually wrote an extra this past week called uh, Lost in Translation, where I point out three games, very quirky games from Nintendo, that would have been perfect eShop tiles if the eShop was there, but because it wasn't, there was different reasons that they couldn't come that they couldn't come over here. Like, you know, uh, Captain Rainbow was this kind of adult-humored game that couldn't come here because, you know, it doesn't match with Nintendo's image. But if they put it digital, the people that care will know, but it won't, like, hurt them on the shelf. Like, you won't see, like, this fun-looking game that has really dark humor. Or this uh, sound-based game from the WarioWare team called Kiki Trick, which is all about, like, auditory cues. Or even um, Tomodachi Collection, which is this... Uh, Basically, it's Animal Crossing, or, no, it's Collection, because you're collecting these. Basically, it's Animal Crossing, it's it's basic, yeah, it's Friend Connection in English, but Tongachi Collection in Japan, I mean in Japanese. But even that one, like, it's about me, actually, this one's a little different. That one isn't due to uh, demographic or marketing things, that's due to resources, because the whole game uses a speech engine. It's Animal Crossing meets The Sims with Miis, and it has a speech engine because the Miis can can talk, so, uh, to you. So they have to, like, recode that whole thing. Point being, all these games are interesting, you know, things that could have come to America but didn't. So in the article, which I encourage you checking out, to check out by going ramtown.com, extra of Lost Translation should be right next to this episode on the homepage. Um, you know, I, I basically break down what these games are really about, like why they didn't come to America, and, and actually bring up the point of how the eShop could change that mm-hmm. in the future. So, so that's my two cents on my extra, but I'm, I'm proud of that one, and it seems to have gained some good traction on the web, so I encourage you guys to read it. Congrats. Thank you, sir. Uh, so it's on the end of Bummer, but I don't know. If it means more games from Capcom, I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, I, as far as I you, can I tell... I figured out you're more of a Capcom fan than anything else. More oh, than man. Nintendo, more Monster than Hunter PlayStation. Monster Hunter has taken over my life. First is Phoenix right now, it's Monster Hunter. Next is going to be... And also got really you know, into Resident Evil. And you're so. super into Street Fighter. Mar- yeah, you're just I a Capcom fanboy. Street boy. Fighter, Marvel, Capcom, Capcom Lovocom. Yeah. But anyway... Wait, 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 wait. I was gonna, like, as far oh, as yeah, I can sorry. tell right now, or as far as I know, Monster Hunter 4 isn't confirmed for the US, right? Not yet, but it will be. And, and that's they're game, expecting big things about Monster Hunter. Yeah, and, and that's a game that I'm also like wouldn't really mind as a Download. as an eShop only, just because that game I played so much. I wouldn't right, want to keep taking it. Are you gonna do Animal Crossing eShop or retail? <sighs> See, I'm in the same. I don't know. It makes that game makes sense for download, but I want a box. But I have the advantage yeah. of having a, a brother that also so wants it. So one of you can have one, and yeah. So, so we're just gonna play Mario Tennis to see who will win. That works. So, um, moving away from digital versus physical, let's talk about some other games that are on the way. Um, on both 3DS and Wii U, as physical tiles, and presumably on the eShop, since their predecessors were, Scribblenauts Unmasked is now an official game. We talked about it last episode, and we, we discussed some info leaked by IGN at the time, in which, uh, just a quick refresher, it brings together the entire 
DC comic universe unless players solve puzzles and call upon heroes and villains by just writing them as they would objects and whatnot in past. So you just write Joker and he appears. You write Joker and he appears. You write flying Joker and he appears with wings. So you, you, don't, like, you don't get like a, a court jester? You just get like the, you, you get Joker. Talk. You'll get Joker. Because what they did, what we now know, now that's official, Scribblenauts and Mass will actually have over, literally, over 2,000 DC comic characters. I know I did that, I was not made. Apparently, every single character they've ever made, no matter how big or how small, is Whoa. every villain and hero they can draw upon, and sidekick they can draw, you can cool. summon. It's actually really cool. Uh, I can see. I can already see someone making a YouTube video. Or just yeah, like... and they have variations of every hero too. There are thirty-three different Batman, Batman's, Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. Bat, Batman, yeah, Batman, Batman, I, Batman, I, <laughs> uh, and one hundred thirty Green Lanterns can be summoned. So yeah, just giving you an idea. And they're also. Um, I mean, DC because... is notorious for having alternate. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and because there's so many of them, they realize most people won't know who some of the more obscure heroes are, or like why this Green Lantern looks different from that one. So they're also giving you access to what they're calling the Bat Computer, which is basically a giant encyclopedia of every person you draw as you draw them. Hmm. Like you just look through it and browse, and be like, "Oh, I'll draw that guy. I want that guy to. Appear. I mean, not draw, right? Right. I want that guy to appear, and you make him appear." So Fifth Cell, the developers who've done all the script notes, are really kind of going above and beyond with this. Um, on top, if that wasn't enough, you can also uh, create your own hero using pieces from other heroes and villains, and then these heroes can be shared online in the Wii U version, not in the 3DS version. And, you know, you can have them have powers from different heroes and whatnot, and you can, like, download your friends and upload yours to theirs and whatnot. The gameplay itself is a little bit more... It's a little different than the past Scribblenauts. You're once again Maxwell along, and his sister, his twin sister Lily is now a playable character too. I guess they want to get the girls in on this. And together, um, you're completing these special puzzles that that are called heroic feats. And instead of being, like, predetermined little, like, you know, almost, like, like Angry Bird-style brief little levels that you get. Just right. Right. Mm. These are uh, dynamic puzzles that will change on the fly, will be created organically, like, in the game in real time, based on what's happening, which means they can really just go back and keep playing the same levels over and over, exploring the same worlds, because there'll be a ton of DC worlds in the game. And then each time the puzzles will be different, which makes this way more replayable than past Scribblenauts games. Because you're, you know, one time you could be there and it's going to say, like, wake up Batman. And then another time it's going to be, like, go kill Doomsday. Like, it's, you know, a different experience each time. And it's the first verse series that you can have it, have this replayability and not just solve it once and you're done. So Scribblenauts Unmasked, which now is a subtitle of a DC Comics adventure, in case people were unsure, uh, is going to be available this fall on both Wii U and 3DS. And it sounds pretty awesome. The concept's super cool, right? Yep. Like it, it's also. I, I would definitely like be all over that if I was a DC fan, mm -hmm. a big DC fan. In fact, my dad might be all over it. He used to read DC comics like crazy when he was a kid. Like he was, he always considered himself a DC guy more than a Marvel guy. Like, like, hey, that, that, that yeah, I should be like, hey, you know, like, should... he's in there. Yeah, he's in yeah, there. yeah. I should be. Like, hey, dad, have you ever heard <laughs> of uh, blah blah blah? Yeah, he's there. Yeah, the porcupine that can shoot his needles and they turn into arrows of fire. Yeah, he's there. I don't think there's such a character. But there's another thing worth mentioning about Scribblenauts. It's that it's also nice that when a third party does have success on Wii U, they come back strong with more support. Like Scribblenauts Unlimited was one of the top third party uh, games for the system in terms of sales, if not the top. And now we have Unmasked, which is once again only on Nintendo systems and PC. So it's kind of cool that you know they're doing this. I mean, if you look at Sega, they're in the same boat actually. You know, they uh, they recently revealed that Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed sold something like one point. 36 million copies worldwide, which is, you know, not great, but 310,000 of those were on the Wii U, 197,000 of those were on the 3DS. Presumably they were on among the leading uh, versions of the game, and now as a result, they're bringing a total of seven different SKUs to the Wii U this year. Um, for comparison, 
PS3 is getting seven games as well because they probably had equal success there, but 360 is only getting four. So, and then even the 3DS is getting six games or six SKUs. And I should be clear, SKUs in this case means it could be like collector's edition versus regular edition. That'd be two SKUs, one game. But they're still going to have seven products of some sort on Nintendo, on the Wii U, which is more than any other system they're supporting. Well, tied for PS3, but the most that they are putting on any system. Obviously, a couple of those are Yakuza, or Yakuza, uh, Sonic Lost World, and Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. But still, that means there's four more we don't know about. So, so when, when companies have success on Nintendo platforms, they keep supporting Nintendo platforms, which is good. Because when you have... You know, situations like what happened with EA, which we'll get to in a bit. You need what you can get. Another company that's had success on the Wii U with ZombieU and all its games is supporting it pretty hardcore with uh, Splittersun and Watch Dogs. Are both coming, Ubisoft are bringing both of them to Wii U and seems like they're doing it in a significant way. First up, uh, as you know, Splittersun Blacklist is coming to the Wii U. It seems to be a no-holds-barred full version of the game. Under development at a different team at Ubisoft, but still like the full game. And they most recently revealed that the popular Spies vs. Mercs multiplayer mode is back. It's uh, it's actually really fun. I remember playing it in Pandora. I think Pandora Tomorrow. Whichever one Pandora? it debuted in. I used to... Pandora Tomorrow was the second. Oh. I oh. think it was in Pandora Tomorrow. It might have been in Chaos. I don't, know, I don't Pandora. remember which version it debuted in, but I remember playing it with a friend in high school. But it's... Basically how it works is it's this asymmetric mode where one person's a spy playing in third person and they're leveraging, like, the, the height of the... Le- like, the levels are built vertically. Like, there are lots of crates, lots of things you climb on, and you're sneaking around. Your goal is to get three computer terminals and hack them. And there's another person who's playing as the Merc, which is a first-person shooter perspective. You're, it's literally a first-person shooter, and you're trying to hunt down the spy. So, you know, the the, mer- the downside of the Merc is you have a gun, and you can shoot the spy, but you move a bit slow because you have all this armor and whatnot, while the spy is nimble and able to climb and sneak around and use various weaponry and whatnot. So for Blacklist, they're um, going to have two different modes. They're going to have... The new Blacklist Spies versus Mercs, which is 4-on-4, four four, which is going to be a bit more action and chaotic. Or you can do the classic 2-on-2, two two, where it's two Spies versus two Mercs. Slower paced, a lot of mythological, like, sneaking behind, you know, the mercenaries and whatnot. So, it's really, you know, you have the action-packed or the not-so-action-packed, whichever you prefer. But, um, and like I said, in past, ver- you know, in past versions of the game, the Spy had all these tools, the Mercs obviously had guns. So, in this one, Spies can uh, can do things like uh, they can track enemies with these special goggles. They can have EMP bursts that disable guns temporarily. There's flashbangs grenade flashbang grenades to like mislead the mercs, and then there's um, the mercs have you know the ability to shoot them obviously, but they also in this one in the blacklist mode have like little drones they can send so the merc can be in one place but they could fly a drone up to wherever the spy is hiding in an air duct or whatever and kill them that way. That's so it's really actually fun. really cool. It's really cool. And uh, I really want to try that. Yeah, and you're able for this one you're able to customize your character, your merc and your spy. So it's also like Call of Duty where you can equip him with different weaponry and have your own style. So it's not just, this is a spy, this is a merc, really, this is, uh, I'm a merc that likes, I'm a mercenary that likes to, uh, I don't know, keep my distance and use drones primarily so you can equip remote-controlled things versus someone who may just run and gun. Mm. So it's, it's really cool. I'm a merc and I like to run and gun. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like some sort of weird, like, alcoholic, <laughs> al- or AA me, like, alcoholic, and I'm saying, Hi, I'm a merc. I like to run and gun. Like, but um, I like to stare down the spy. Yeah, but uh, I want him to know that I see him and that I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I just look at him from afar and just glare at him. But no. Uh, in addition to that, there's also a full co-op mode for two players. 14 unique missions that you can play together with a friend online or off. I think or off. Maybe not or off. But I will say that the addition of spies versus mercs, both varieties of it, actually make for a pretty well-rounded package this time around. Like, it doesn't seem like, like I said when I was starting the description of this, it doesn't really seem like Ubisoft is skimping on details. It seems like they're just going for it, full force. 
So, um, I don't know, I feel like the, I just feel like there's so many opportunities for Spyros and Merc on the Wii U. Because it's online only on the other systems, from what I understand, because you could just screen peek and that defeats the purpose. But, like, with the gamepad, you could have the Spy on the gamepad and the Merc on the TV or the other way around. I don't know if they're going to go the lengths of doing that, because that requires some significant coding changes. That requires work. Yeah. But, I mean, how cool would that be, right? And, could, like, if you could do local <laughs> version and just, like, curse out your friend right next to them and whatnot. And, I mean, Nintendo themselves are pretty, seem pretty excited about this mode because they've been hyping up the inclusion of this multiplayer feature in the Wii U version by posting all over their social media, like, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, like, check out the trailer, look what this has on Wii U, like, check it out August 20th. Another game coming out August 20th, by the way. Same day as physical new uh, Super Luigi U is Blurring Cell Blacklist. I guess Which it, is day and date with its other console version. I guess it didn't want to rule out the possibility that whoever has the gamepad automatically can still screen peek at the person who is on the TV. Yeah, that must, and plus they'd have to so significantly change how it's handled because it's built for online, not for local. So, that's true. A different multiplayer game, or a different game is getting multiplayer support. I kind of already name-dropped it, though, was uh, Watch Dogs. We don't really know much about it. Presumably it'll be on Wii U as well, but um, the developers are aiming to have this seamlessly integrated multiplayer aspect of the single-player game. Watch Dogs, for those who may not be familiar, is the game where you're basically a hacker hacking a futuristic city of Chicago from your cell phone as you're running around, running, gunning, exploring, dodging, solving whatever mysteries there are involving a corrupt government. So, um, yeah, one thing they have confirmed, while we don't know, what they're saying is they want the experience to be seamless. They want it to be that you're playing single player and there's something multiplayer going on, it's all in the same game world, nothing changes, it's just like, it happens, it like rolls out in real time. So one thing they've confirmed that will do that, which is actually insanely cool, is they're making a smartphone app that ties into the game. And with the smartphone app, yeah. With the smartphone app, you're going to be able to basically... Hack traffic lights? I don't know how exactly, but you're going to be able to interact with the game world of other players. Like, you could be the security cameras, you could be the traffic lights, you could be the... Like, I don't think it will inhibit other players, but it'll be stuff like... I don't even know what, but you're somehow going crazy. Yeah, you're somehow going to be able to do something that affects other players who are connected online. The game does not require an online connection to play, but if you have it... You could somehow interact, or maybe you could at least just spy on people or like change scenarios a little. But that's cool that you can like check into the world on your phone just like the main character does, like that, you know, and like mess with it. That that's really neat. Going above and beyond. Yeah, and it fits this whole element of invasion, as they put it, that they want in multiplayer. So, like you're invading other people's space and other people's games and whatnot. So it's it's super cool that they're doing that. But but yeah, uh, that's 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 Watch Dogs. And um, one final game worth mentioning is from Namco Bandai, and they're making a new 3D platforming Pac-Man, which sounds not that exciting. It based on here's what we know. Tell me why it's I from. Di- I'll get there. It's Disney XD. It's based on Disney right XD. Now. I will. It's based on. Well, let me, let me first summarize it. It's based on Disney XD's upcoming Pac-Man CGI cartoon called Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventure, and it has the exact same name. And in it, you're Pac-Man clearly, and you're trying to stop Netherworld ghosts from taking over Pac-World. Does that sell you on it? It probably doesn't. Um, quite, frankly, quite frankly, I have no idea if it's good or bad, but what I do know is that uh, the last Pac-Man platformer I played, like 3D platformer, was Pac-Man World 2 on the GameCube, and that was kind of amazing. Like, I really, really, really liked it. I actually never owned it, I just rented it, like, repeatedly. So, it, it was just, yeah, I'm really hoping that this one's just as good considering that one was so much fun. Although the trailer doesn't really say one way or another. They do say that um, they're bringing the idea of ghost hunting into 3D, in a sense that like you'll get power-ups and items and whatnot that turn the ghost blue, or in other ways defeat them so you can chomp them. But I don't know 
like beyond that, it'll be good. I'm just really hoping because Pac-Man World 2 is so fun. That I'm really hoping that this one at least lives up to that. Although I'm starting to think it probably won't. I kind of feel like I'm missing out now. I guess it was just because it was Pac-Man. I just kind of yeah. It wasn't like I I don't know. It might not honestly be that good of a game. I just really enjoyed it a lot. Like it was it was kind of like a streamlined like it was almost like a mix of Crash Bandicoot where it's like you're going from here to here. That's what you're doing. It looks 3D, but really you're just following a path. But with a hint of the openness of like Mario 64. All on GameCube. So with better graphics. I had a lot of fun with it. So I'm hoping, I really don't think it will be, but I'm hoping that, uh, I'm probably being too quick to judge, but I'm hoping that Ghostly Adventure is at least up to par with that. Probably not. You never know. Anything that's tied into a cartoon I'm hesitant about, but the only reason I wanted to bring it up was to give a shout out to Pac-Man World 2, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's it for game news. Good game news. There's some bad game news. That's the good game news. The bad news, actually, that's the specific games that we said we'd talk about. Then there's the bad game news, it's, or industry news. Most notably, EA is is no... I'm trying to word this just right. EA is not de currently developing games for the Wii U. Period. No games. Zero games. Nada. Nothing. At all. At the moment. Nothing. They have no plan. Or, well, they have nothing planned at this moment. A rep for EA told, uh, told Kotaku that... <laughs> I'm tripping over my words here. A rep for EA told Kotaku, let's try that again, that they literally are not bringing anything to Wii U right now. Uh, the last time EA, EA didn't support a system? Dreamcast. So, I don't know what this says about the Wii U, but yeah, not, well, not a good EA sign. always being the first to go take an omen? Well, EA purposely didn't support Dreamcast, and that, many say that contributed to its downfall because they didn't have EA Sports. So, well, the situation, you know, honestly, the situation is super weird for a number of reasons. One, EA, if you recall, at E3 2011, was tried out as a key partner, and they were going to have an unprecedented partnership with Nintendo. And as I tweeted the other day, I guess not releasing games for your partner's console does count as unprecedented. No one does that. But um, secondly, they were a huge supporter of the Wii. They released 78 games for the Wii. And now... Only? <laughs> yeah, only. But now there's four for Wii U, and they called it quits. So the company claims it fulfilled its unpre unprecedented partnership with Nintendo that they announced E3 with its launch lineup. Which was, you know, Madden, FIFA, Mass Effect, and then Need for Speed a few months later. So, I, I, obviously they're twisting their words a bit. Clearly there's something bigger going on and there's a fallout. But the move, at this point, it, I guess it's trying to come to a surprise. I mean, we've been talking for a while now about how Frostbite 3, the game engine, won't be coming to the Wii U. And that's powering 15 of their upcoming titles, including the next Battlefield, including the next Mass Effect, including the next Dragon Age. So, if Frostbite's not coming, there go that means none of those games are. So it shouldn't have been that big of a shock. But um, they apparently tried Frostbite on the Wii U. Uh, the engine director, John Anderson, said in a tweet that they did try running Frostbite 2, the previous engine, the one that was in Battlefield 3, on the Wii U. But after seeing, quote, unfavorable results, they decided against pursuing Frostbite 3. Now, I don't know kind of who weird. just goes, let's see if this runs on here. Oh, it doesn't? Okay, bye. Like, obviously... They decide outright EA. They're not going to support Wii U. Yeah, and they're using Frostbite's, you know, incompatibility as an excuse. Because really, when you bring an engine to anything, you have to optimize it for the hardware. All hardware is slightly different. They have different architecture, different chips, different this, different that. So by just going, huh, doesn't run. That's weird. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's just like whatever. Like that's such a like obvious like BS excuse. So EA's out at least for the time being. And to add another layer to this crazy situation is that EA also recently got the rights to make all core Star Wars games. So Disney, as we didn't really cover this on the podcast, but Disney closed LucasArts, the game publisher. I mean, all the Star Wars games as well. Some really cool, like, point-and-click adventures in the 90s and whatnot. And as a result, they're now letting EA have the Star Wars franchise. So there are 
at least for core games, as in like the more mature, like adult Star Wars experiences. So EA is already developing multiple titles using all their big names. They have a uh, Dead Space's team is do at uh, Visceral Games is making one. The Mass Effect team at Bioware is making one. Who have previously worked with Star Wars on Knights of the Old Republic, and even um, Dice, the guys that do Battlefield, are making their own. They actually just opened a Dice studio here in LA to make just just to make Star Wars games, but. If those are all run, and they said they're all running on Frostbite Engine 3, but if those are all running on Frostbite Engine 3, and EA says they don't want, don't want to support the Wii U, does that mean we get no Star Wars games? Which is a major franchise? That's, yes. I guess we're not getting Star Wars games. But then the wrinkle in all this, it gets even more complicated, is that Disney, who owns Star Wars, is in a very strange position because they like Nintendo a lot. They have been strong supporters of Nintendo, yet their biggest sci-fi franchise is now not coming to Nintendo. I mean, Disney... In the past, you know, Epic Mickey, the original, was a Wii exclusive. Uh, Disney Infinity was announced for Wii U and Wii and DS and 3DS, like, really early on. Like, it, you know, it's on those platforms. We're even getting, like, plane, the Disney Planes movie game tie-in as an exclusive on Nintendo platforms. Similarly, if you look at, like, LucasArts history, they were strong supporters of Nintendo. You had, uh, you know, Rogue Squadron, Episode One Podracer, Shadows of the Empire, all those were on N64, GameCube, whatnot. And yet now EA, who controls a large portion of Star Wars games, doesn't like Wii U, which means those games suddenly aren't coming to a platform, a series of platforms, you know, you know Nintendo platforms, which traditionally have been supported by both the owner of Star Wars and the previous owners of the Star Wars games. So it's like a weird, you know what I mean? Like, it's a very weird, like, who knows, how are they going to handle this? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Disney wants the Nintendo money. But EA doesn't want to do it, and they're using an engine that doesn't even work, or that they're not willing to optimize. Um, so, the only thing I could think of is maybe that whole, or you're going to say something? No, it's, just, it's, just, it's just unfortunate, weird, and, I mean, there's obviously a lot of Star Wars fans that are just, might be really disappointed if they yeah. only have a Wii U. I mean, yeah. Star Wars is apparently big enough that you can make a console, like, version mm -hmm. of it. I mean, that mm -hmm. R2-D2 Xbox, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many that SKU sold, but. I have no idea. I mean, I'm assuming... It was a limited run, so it probably sold out, whatever the run yeah. was. But, you know, the, the one, like, hopeful glimpse... Like, the one, like, little bit of hopeful news out of this is that EA only has rights to what they call the core games of Star Wars. Like, the core gamer games. Like, the mature experiences, as I mentioned. So maybe that wording skirts around this whole issue completely. Like, maybe Disney can make more casual-style games for... Star Wars games for the Wii somehow. And then they can you know, give those to other developers or publishers or get them on Wii U one way or another. But even then, it's going to be like, do you want to play, like, uh, Star Wars 1313? Assuming that won't actually come out. Come out, but okay. Battlefield 4 made by DICE. Or Battlefield Star Battle. Wars do you want? Yeah, do you want to play Star Wars Battlefront 4 made by DICE? Or do you want to play Let's All Go Explore Epcot with Yoda and R2-D2 on the Wii U in, like, <laughs> like Connect Adventure-style game, but with Star Wars? Like... I, it, it's not going to be comparable. It sucks. It sucks because Nintendo has long had a very strong relationship with the Star Wars franchise, and it's weird to just see it kind of evaporate mm -hmm. because EA's grumpy at Nintendo and doesn't think they're going to make money at any point. Uh, well, I don't know. That's my take. It's well, just an unfortunate situation. I guess one of the things in song, we are a random Nintendo, just like a random fact about Star Wars that I learned recently. Oh, random. Yeah. Random so, good. Go. So apparently... Um, George Lucas, when he was making the first Star Wars, didn't think yeah. it was going to do well at all. It was actually really, like, depressed and bummed out about it. Mm -hmm. So he went to visit Steven Spielberg when he was still making um, that movie, uh, Encounters of the Third Kind. Or something right, like that. yeah, yeah. And 
he talked to him, and then so Steven Spielberg made a bet with him, saying that like, okay, I, I will give you one point three percent of everything my Star Wars franchise ever makes if you give me one point three percent of your movie because he thought his movie was going to be. Is that how the bigger. partnership formed? There's a bet. I guess, but basically, like because of that bet, like Steven Spielberg has made like over like forty something million dollars just because wow. he made that bet. Just because that bet. Just because George Lucas didn't think it was going to do anything, and right. he thought he was going to be more money off of. Wow. Steven Spielberg's film that. I well, even... lucky Spielberg. And Spielberg has had some sort of role in that. Yeah. On that, I believe. I think he, like, he doesn't exact produce, but he just, he's somehow involved. His name appears. Yeah, his name is there. <laughs> it's more Indiana Jones that they work together on. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's yeah, so funny. I have no idea that. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know. But uh, going from that, I don't know how to segue <laughs> back. Uh, Disney might have had a Disney. The Disney EA thing might be a little crazy, but here's one that hits closer to home for Nintendo fans. Am I right? The okay. So the what was that? <laughs> am I right? I don't know. It's some bad transition. Um, I said, "Am I right?" After I did a weird voice. Yeah, yeah. it was a, voice, it's a weird right? voice. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a whole controversy brewing among YouTubers over a uh, Let's Play video thing that Nintendo's doing. So, really quick for those who don't know. I know some of our listeners actually do Let's Play videos themselves, so this probably affects them directly. But basically a Let's Play is someone will take gameplay footage, they'll play through it, and they'll voice over it with commentary on game, commentary on the industry, commentary on stuff involving it. You know, basically anything. Something relevant. Do, something they want to talk about that's relevant, well, but also has like a bigger <laughs> picture than just what you're seeing. Like they're not like they're not just going. I got this key. I'm going to this door. They're like, you know, what's great about this game is although the puzzles some of them are, are. Yeah, but a lot of, play, the good ones aren't. Let's plays for the most part are like visual walkthroughs. Yeah, but they but just, they do it in a way where it's like there's a second. It's like they say, here's how you do this and this, but as they complete it, instead of just going, I'm turning a cog, I'm opening a door. As they, like, walk to the door, they'll, you know, be like, what's great about this game? It's like a review, kind of mixed with a commentary, kind of mixed with a walkthrough. Like, the good ones are the ones that, like, blend that together smoothly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Or something, yeah. Now Depending the, on who's also doing it, like, maybe you just want to see their impressions of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you care about their opinion, because they're saying more than just, I'm opening a door. They're yeah. saying, what's great about this door is it's one example of the many puzzles, or, you know, something like that. So... What Nintendo's doing, what, how it's been in the past is you can make ad revenue on YouTube. I don't know if, how many people are familiar with this, but you can make ad revenue on YouTube if you get a certain number of views or a certain number of subscribers. And how it works is they run an ad before the video or they run an ad after the video or they have a pop before whatever and you get a percentage cut of that ad's money should someone click it because you're paid by click. So it used to be that the people making the Let's Plays got those. Now what Nintendo's doing is they have become a YouTube partner which means that they get to put in copyright claims. So they're letting the video stay up. They must realize the marketing value. But they're insisting that the ads... They insist that if there aren't ads, that they run ads. And if they and if there are ads, or any ad that is run, now the money goes to Nintendo because they're the copyright holder on that game, opposed to the Let's Player. So that's why I call the people who do Let's Plays. I don't think that's the real name. So the issue, naturally, is the people that used to make money off this or the people that feel they're doing this as a, like a service to promote the game are now basically saying they're losing out on the money they could. People, some people do this for a living. Like, they are really good at it. I mean, there's a couple sites that do this. Uh, the BitBlock comes to mind as a site that does this pretty well. You know, these sort of walkthroughs. And now if they're on YouTube, Nintendo's basically taking away whatever money they could have earned from it. So the controversy naturally is can Nintendo do that? On the one side, you have, you know, the fact that Copyright claims do make sense. You are showing someone's work. It is Nintendo's game, and you're talking over it. That doesn't mean it's suddenly your IP. It's not your intellectual property. 
You can't do, you know, you can't do it with a movie. You can't like put all, you can't put two thirds of The Godfather on YouTube and talk over and go like, oh, I love this quote right here, and expect Viacom or whoever owns it, yeah, Viacom, to not pull it. Like with movies, that's not how it works. However, on the flip side of that, uh, the Let's Play people, the people that make these videos, are saying, well, it's not just like a movie where it's like, here's the story, I'm talking over it. They're influencing how the story goes because they're the ones actually doing it. No two gameplay videos are going to be identical because everyone plays a game slightly different, even linear games there's you know going left versus going right in one corner of a room or whatever that makes it different and unique and more than them making their own story and then talking over it so that's what they say and technically youtube recognizes that because they uh youtube says that you can't upload straight gameplay and say i'm gonna make money off it you can't put ads on that it's not yours but if you add commentary suddenly it's eligible for monetization so YouTube sees the, you know, YouTube sees that, and I mean, the Let's Play people are further saying, you know, it's free publicity for Nintendo. People are gonna buy the games if they like what they see. So why, you know, why can't Nintendo just leave it at that and let them continue to promote their games and make a living for it? Although on the flip side is, if ever if someone's watching a whole video of a whole game, what, why would they necessarily go buy it? They just saw the whole game. So it's kind of like a weird. Which way does it go? Like, it's hard to say. No one's done, like, a study of people that watch Let's Play by these games or that game. I don't know one really watches, like, just the whole game and just plans to just do that. They just Who knows? Yeah, clearly I mean, some people I mean, they do. definitely do. People, yeah. Some people do. I mean, I would assume people would just, like, watch enough to see, like, okay, I mean, sometimes the demo isn't enough to convince you to buy a game. Right, sometimes so traders and reviews aren't enough. Like, so you want to see, like, an actual level or an actual but that makes segment you... played through. Right. And there was a whole bit where people were saying, oh, it's videos over 10 minutes that Nintendo's going to start putting ads on. But apparently they're also putting music, they're putting ads so on. They split into parts. Yeah, they're putting Probably ads talk. on, but they're putting ads on videos under 10 minutes for that exact reason. And they're putting ads on no videos saying. that are just Nintendo music because they're saying that's their copyright. That's their property, which it is. That's totally true. Music specifically makes perfect sense that they're doing that. Because you're not going to commentate over the music like, oh, I love the crescendo here in this track. Like, no, no one does that. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's at least one person. Maybe. But I, I feel like like the easiest way to do this is people are like, well, I want to make my money off my commentary and then have the complimentary gameplay. What if they did something like... Wait, almost... so does that mean my Pokemon Rhythm Heaven? Flash no, that's fine because that's, that's your original creation. You made the footage. You're not just taking footage of a Nintendo game. Yeah, for those who don't know, Jose did a awesome... It's Rhythm Heaven reimagined as Pokemon, like with Pokemon. It's all Flash animation, and he animated it himself from scratch. My first Flash animation. Yeah, it's, uh, where on YouTube can they find it? Under what channel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. I'm well, yeah, it's either way. Tweet out, like, right, right around the time I put up this episode, just to be like, hey, check this out, and we can... This is that episode. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um... It's really cool. I know that's original because it's an original creation. You're using borrowed IP, but it's a fan work. Well, maybe the music. It works. It's, it's almost like, not even then, probably not. But, well, I don't know. Because, I mean... The that game... could go either way. Because, yeah, you use the music, but you're not really... I don't know. That's harder. That's a lot harder than, like, this situation. Even this situation's kind of hard because, like, on the one hand, yes, someone's commentary is their own original thing, but the game belongs to someone else. So how do you... Like, the physical broadcasting of that game is someone else's property. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to say. But, I mean, one thing they could do, I don't know why, maybe this is how it will go in the future, but uh, Mystery Science Theater, you know, the thing where they have, like, the little robots talking over old movies and making fun of them on TV, yeah. be, they had to transition to the internet, but they couldn't get the rights to re basically rebroadcast these things on YouTube, but with the commentary. So what they did is they made riff tracks, which are literally MP3s that you just play right when you start a movie, and they sync. So what if they somehow, obviously it wouldn't work as well as games, but you could buy the game, be playing the game, and sync it. With the commentary, so you have the commentary running as you play yourself, 
Nintendo gets their money. Or then if people want to listen, yeah. Sell, yeah. Or if people want that's the harder one. But if people want to hear the commentary what someone has to say about the game, I mean, we're doing it right now. We're just a podcast. You don't necessarily need the visual element if you're worried about copyright issues and you still want to make your money. We we obviously don't charge for a podcast or have ads or anything. But people that want to do it for a living, they can do that and then make the money that way. Like there are avenues that can go where they can sidestep this issue. But I think either way. Whether you like that idea or where you think, you know, where you think Nintendo's in the right or wrong, it's really bad timing for Nintendo. I mean, clearly, Nintendo wants the money, specifically since they're having weaker hardware sales and software sales than they were expecting, and they're trying to get that momentum going. But pennies from wherever they can get. Yeah, but the problem is when you have PS4 allowing for you to upload to UStream or YouTube instantly and show your videos and show your content and whatnot right then and there, and Xbox, the next Xbox is supposed to do the same thing. This feels like Nintendo's going backwards. And at the same time, they're like, hey, post your screenshots on Miiverse and check it out. You can save screenshots from Miiverse to your computer well, it's not that it's under on their, their terms. web. Yeah, if it's under their terms, okay. I mean, yeah, you can post it on Miiverse, but you can't really do anything with That's it. That's You can save Miiverse. the screenshot and share it wherever you want. So if they're encouraging sharing in one way, it's kind of funny that they're now backpedaling yeah, beyond what the competitors are doing, going the other way. Like, it's just weird that in a time where the other guys are really saying, we want you to share as much as you can for Nintendo. It's another one of those things where Nintendo's like going the opposite direction of its competitors, and who knows if it'll help or hurt, but it's certainly annoying a lot of their fans yeah. who feel that they are totally in their I rights mean, to I mean, if I want to share my Miiverse, I have to copy and paste it. And yeah, it's a little harder. It's a lot harder. But my point is they're encouraging yeah, sharing there, but not somewhere else. Yeah, it's copy-paste. And too then many. wait for it to instantly appear, and then press paste. Way too many steps, I know. But yeah, so that's... I mean, I don't really have a side in this like i see both sides like on the one hand i don't know what side i was arguing by the way it's not like i don't know you're just kind of <laughs> saying what the process is I think. but yeah i don't know who i'm arguing for or against i'm just kind of like i guess giving in a summary which is kind of what all this podcast is but no it's just like i don't know it's a really weird situation because sometimes toy is in their rights but at the same time it is free publicity for them and people enjoy watching them and it does probably lead to some game sales so it's a weird balancing act of finding the right balance so, well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, do you do you think one way is better than the other, or? No, it's it's, it's hard to say because like it legally Nintendo's in the right. It's just like eth- not even ethically, but like is it are they doing their fans right by doing like are they treating their fans poorly by doing this, or is it like well hey they got to protect their intellectual property? I don't know. These it's it's kind of like questions. I have no answers. They're not treating them poorly because they're not going on full force and just making teams. Yeah, it's true. They're not shutting them down. They're saying feel free to do them. Just we want the money from it. Yeah. So it's it's very, yeah, it's a weird situation for sure. But it's led to a lot of talk about this sort of thing. And Let's Plays are really getting more popular as time goes on. So it'll be interesting to see how Nintendo reacts, if they just go full force with this policy or if they start backtracking a little. I mean, it's about anyone. Like, you just do Let's Play. You don't even need a capture card. You just... Yeah. Just, just, yeah. yeah, I mean, people do 3DS ones all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's... And I mean, we, you see them all over the place. Go Nintendo has them leading up to game releases. Uh, IGN does variants of them like it kind of like where does it stop like where does Nintendo say well this is press coverage so it's okay versus this is a fan like what's fan site versus mainstream press in their eyes you know what I mean like it, un- it could unleash a whole can of worms like Nintendo has to be very careful with how they do because it could lead to a whole like debate about all sorts of stuff so that's the less play controversy I just want to discuss it I don't really have answers just no, like, I, like I really wanted to have uploaded this really awesome run I had with an Animal Crossing game against you one on one had like a perfect Animal Crossing a run in Animal Crossing you had a perfect and a run sweet in day Animal... in Nintendo Land oh in Nintendo Land when, when I, I thought it. you meant in Animal Crossing no. I was like you're not running no, when anywhere I out, when I forgot the capture card but it turns right, out right, I wasn't recording right. right yeah you destroyed me in Animal Crossing and I'm like, oh, I want to share yeah. this with the world yeah see <laughs> then the question is if you do that 
doesn't town make money off it? Can you make money off I'm it? Like, can I no one make money off it? I wouldn't really commentate over that. Oh, well, in that case, it would. You, no one would make money. Or Nintendo could, but you couldn't because you're not changing it. So it wouldn't fit yeah, YouTube's monetization. Like really but even that, just like, there's so many like what-ifs and whatnot. Like the BitBlock's affected, but they're a big Nintendo site, but they're not like a mainstream press site. So it's like, how does that... Whatever. I'm just tossing that out. There's stuff to ponder. Uh, other stuff to ponder is Nintendo... That was a horrible transition. It makes sense. Going from Nintendo's controversies to Jason sales Self- numbers, it's Jason, Jason Sales Corner. Yep. Yeah, that's so April, again. it's that time of month again. <laughs> it's that time of the month, and I don't mean, I just mean numbers. Uh, so, <laughs> NPD, <laughs> God, that was awful. NPD, female listeners again. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so, NPD numbers for the April sales period, which is roughly the month of April, uh, were released, and it's a bit of the same old story in terms of both industry trends and how Nintendo's doing. So, we'll go industry trend and then work our way down. Overall, sales were once again down across the board in the industry. There's a, lar- a rather large drop of 25% in total sales compared to April of last year. A quarter of the sales from last year just didn't happen. The, uh, the drop is being blamed heavily on underperformance of older games. Uh, generally speaking, titles that were released in March sold weaker in this second month of April than the titles released a year ago March did a year ago April. Does that make sense? Like, the titles that came out in March 2013 dropped off faster in April 2013 than the titles in March 2012 did in April 2012. So it was weaker for, like, the late uh, April or March releases, like Bioshock and whatnot. Like, they didn't perform as well as their counterparts did a year earlier in their second month. Uh, but on the flip side, there was an increase in new releases in April's sales. Specifically, um, Injustice God Among Us, Dead Island Riptide, and Lego City the Chase Be- Undercover The Chase Begins on DS, uh, 3DS... They actually saw growth in new release sales of 113% compared to the new releases of April 2012. So the problem was there wasn't that many of them. So overall, the games that were released longer ago dropped off more than the games that released in April rose. That makes sense? So, do you say nope? <laughs> oh, no, I said, I said well. Oh, I said nope, but it's like, I can re-explain. But, um, so yeah, it, overall the industry's down, which is, it has been month after month after month. I wonder if we're going towards a crash. Like, I, it's far out, but I wonder, like, far down the road if it happens but I wonder maybe, if, I wonder maybe the gaming industry needs another one I wonder if PS4 over. and 3 and the next Xbox are gonna perform super good or more like the Wii U and I wonder if that's a sign of things to come who knows just a bit boring but yeah, let me do one that. thing I do know is well two things I know is one I feel like there's just an earthquake but maybe not uh two <laughs> I think I just kicked the table oh you kicked the table oh well that's unexciting I've always wanted to have an earthquake on the podcast just so we could go, there's an earthquake, but I guess not. Uh, yeah, we, I mentioned I don't think I'd want an earthquake in this room. Well, keep, no, 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 no. Small, small, me. small, small <laughs> earthquake. Like a rumble. Not like a, not a rumble, not a, <laughs> oh God, your TV would fall on me. Here's a giant TV literally right in, next to where I sit and it's elevated and it's not secured. <laughs> so if there's an earthquake, I, my ramblings would get less coherent over, <laughs> as soon as it hits. But anyway, uh, software sales from April. Uh, Injustice was number one on the sales chart. Injustice Gods Among Us. That's Warner Brothers' DC fighting game from the Mortal Kombat team. Uh, yeah, no word on how well the Wii U version did. I'm guessing not all that well. But they just said overall it was number one. Uh, Nintendo had some titles in the top ten. Specifically, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon was in sixth place. And Lego City, the Chase Begins came... Lego City Undercover, the Chase Begins came in ninth place. Nintendo themselves uh, confirmed some specific software numbers for their various titles. Between digital and retail, so that's in-store and eShop, Lego City Undercover, The Chase Begins, managed to move 94,000 copies in the month of April, and yet it still came in ninth place, while uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon sold 140,000 combined digital retail copies 
in April alone, bringing its total sales to over, uh, or to a total of both retail and digital of 530,000. So over half a million in a six-week span, not bad. Keep in mind, it did a million worldwide in two weeks, as we talked about in the last episode. So half of those, a little under half of those came from America, so pretty good. Good for uh, next Good job, America. Yeah, but a couple things that are interesting to note is, one, the fact that both these games charted and have such lowish numbers really, like, hones in that point that April was a really bad month for sales. Like, 94,000 and you're on the chart? That's unheard of, usually. Uh, Secondly, well, actually, I already pointed out that Luigi's Mansion did quite well, so I could skip my second point. But uh, the third thing I was going to say is the fact that LEGO City charted on 3DS but it didn't chart on Wii U, says an awful lot about the status of the Wii U. Clearly there's interest in the game, but not enough interest to go buy a $300 console to play it. So, cool. just saying. Which is, which is kind of what I was suspecting in the past. Like I always said, Nintendo thinks it's a system star, I don't. And I guess that kind of, you know, it says a lot. That they should have listened to you, man. Yeah, they should have. They should listen to this podcast. But, um, they could learn anything or two. Yeah, they could, maybe. But also, like Nintendo... Like Spielberg fact. They could what? Like your Star Wars fact? Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Also, Nintendo confirmed that New Super Mario Bros. U, since it came out in November, has sold 770,000 units. That's between digital and retail once again. And that's a super arbitrary milestone, but hey, it's a new sales number, so there you go. Uh, generally speaking, Nintendo overall seemed to be pretty happy with their sales on the 3DS thus far. Uh, they claim that since the start... Claim? They claim... Yeah, they, they say. Yeah. Same difference. They say. They confirm. It's not... They confirm. That's not official yet. Well, it, it is a, fine. They confirm that since uh, the start of 2013, they've sold over 2.1 million copies of first-party games, which makes sense when you have, you know, Fire Emblem, Luigi, Pokemon, Mystery Dungeon, and Legacy all in the, that span. Uh, that's a 53% increase over the first-party game sales of the first four months of 2012. So January through March, January through April of 2012 was, yeah, less than this year. So, um, hardware, that's all software, but hardware is a different story for Nintendo. Their software may be up, but their hardware, yeah. So, um, Nintendo and NPD, the group that puts together these numbers, did not actually release any specific sales units for Wii U or 3DS. But as always happens, the good folks at NeoGAF, the gaming forum, always leak out some estimate, some ballpark, not even estimates, ballpark figures based on people who have the numbers, um, of how things did. So what we know for sure is the 360 was the top-selling platform of the month with 130,000 units. That's actually, in itself, that's a decline of 40% compared to last year's 360 numbers. Once again, another sign of a weak month. But uh, this is also significant because it indicates the 3DS's sales, because Xbox was the top platform of the month, which means 3DS sold under 130,000. It had to in order to have Xbox be number one. And 133,000 is actually a decline in hardware sales compared to how the 3DS did in April 2012. Nintendo hasn't really saw numbers for either year. They just—it's just known as like it's just been out there that's a decline. So I can't really say how much of a decline, but the fact of the matter is it's down compared to a year ago before it even had its price drop. So there's that, which makes me think that uh, even though Nintendo had an uptick last month in March compared to March 2012 because Luigi's Mansion and Pokemon helped spur sales, that uptick the the games weren't strong enough to keep sales going beyond the initial launch period of each game. Like Nintendo did a good job of going, look, we have these cool games, check them out. But then the people that cared checked them out, and then the sales went back down as people stopped caring. Like, they could have tried and prolonged them, or they could have done something. You know, there's... I don't know what they could have done, but there are probably ways they could have prolonged that spike. of Which was only 9% compared to the year before, but still, it was a little upswing, and now it kind of dipped back down. So 3DS, eh, not doing as well as it could. Wii U, eh, 
doing my worst than I could. Um, <laughs> of course, this is the bigger story, and that's... Uh, I mean, every podcast, it seems to like... First it was... It's, at least it's not doing as bad as the GameCube. Oh, it's worse the next than the GameCube. Po- I know that's it. Then the following podcast is doing worse than the GameCube. Then the next podcast, it's now doing way worse than the GameCube. Here you go. So where's it now? Lowest month of sales thus far. Period. Ever. Done. Worst. <laughs> For the month of April, the Wii U did, moved did we, somewhere. Did we really here's have what another we know. virtual boy on our hands, or what's going uh, on? It's like a Dreamcast. Uh, here's what we know: between <laughs> thirty thousand and forty thousand units were sold in April. No hard hard number, but let's. That's the new. That's a, even at forty thousand. That's all time low. I think the previous low was fifty five thousand. So that's definitely a drop. Uh, let's just say, for the sake of comparison, it sold. Let's take the middle of that thirty five thousand units. Right? That sounds reasonable. Uh, if it did that. It's still trending way below where other consoles trended in the same life cycle. PS3, in its first April on the market, did something like 47,000 better unit sale. You know, 47,000 more units than what the Wii U is currently doing, if it were at 35,000. So obviously, about 40,000 better. Uh, 360, in its first April, had sales that were around 260,000 better than what the Wii U is currently seeing at with 35,000. Then, of course, if you look at the monster that was the Wii... Its performance in April 2006 was a total of 360,000 units. So it had, like, roughly 325,000 units more in its April, first April than the Wii U currently has in its April. But granted, that thing was a beast. You know, that was, like, a crazy trend, trendy item, so that makes sense. So let's go back to GameCube, because that's the weak one. The weakest of Nintendos, besides Virtual Boy. GameCube... I thought it was a bad console. No, I meant in terms of sales. Yeah, yeah. GameCube sold 82,000 units in its first April. And now here's the Wii U with 35,000 units. So, point being, yeah, the Wii U is really, really, really struggling. And at this point, I think it's safe to say Nintendo is doing some sort of market soft relaunch. They're not going to obviously change the name of the console. They're not going to change, you know, I mean, anything major. Not, but they are saved. They're, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, but I mean, it's definitely not entirely their fault either. I mean, we have to keep in mind that when these no, HD consoles came out. It's their fault. Well, I mean, <laughs> okay, I mean, a lot of it is definitely their fault. Like the whole... Like the, the lack of games. The, the, the There's consu- nothing. No one's buying. I mean, no well, said, the lack of the, the consumer confusion and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, just to add on top of that, I mean, yeah. when the Xbox and the PS3 came out and the Wii, there were there weren't any HD consoles. These were like the first of their like True. new gener- like But new, you could argue like, you could argue that Nintendo could have somehow correctly marketed the Wii U as a new generation with the gamepad. Oh, they well, could have done well, something. Well, that's like, yeah. yeah, I mean. That's right. I mean, just so to make it even harder. I mean, you already have the Xbox and the PS3 that right. already, which already have way. Bigger I mean, they, I mean, they already have the even like the layman consumer's attention as far as like, oh, this is what an HD console is. Yeah, and whatever. that's true. I mean, so Nintendo basically Nintendo had an uphill battle of that that they made harder by not releasing like games. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was a straight sheer cliff they were climbing, and now it's like bending back down behind them, and they're kind of like going in a half circle. And it's raining. And it's raining. <laughs> and thundering and lightning. What like hell. Yeah, it's hailing. Big golf ball hail. And so they have that, and now the lack of games, and the confusion. I mean, we talked last episode about how Nintendo can turn around. And the around. floor is slowly turning into lava. Yeah, lava is rising from below them. But, um, yeah, basically, I think at this point, say Nintendo. I mean, the Direct we just talked about at the top of the show really shows that Nintendo is not trying to really push sales at this point. Like, they, I think they've come to accept that they're not going to have sales we're talking about until they do some sort of major soft relaunch. And I'm guessing that's going to start with Pikmin 3. Because they keep saying, Pikmin 3 onward, we're going to have games rapid fire. And they are. Pikmin 3's in August. Wonderful One is in September. And then we have Mario, Mario Kart, Wind Waker, possibly Smash Bros. the rest of the year. Plus now there's Sonic Lost World, which is exclusive. Plus there's uh, 
you know, they have major third-party stuff in this in terms of Watch Dogs and Splinter Cell. Like, they're going to roll it out in the fall. But I'm guessing until then, they decide it's not even, there's not even anything they can do. I mean, all their game, you know, system sales are down, the game sales are down. Apparently, in the UK, according to Game in- Games Industry International, they had this editorial about how the Wii is doomed, which I don't necessarily think is the case. Nintendo could turn around. I but I, I, I still think they could turn it around. But buried in there was very, this. I'm still very optimistic. Yeah, but buried in there. I mean, they turned around the 3DS. Realistic it had a weak start. <laughs> it, had a, it had a weak start, the 3DS, but they turned that around. But buried in that report where they slammed the Wii U, they, made an interesting, they released an interesting stat. In the UK, no Wii U game this past week on the chart. The top charted Wii U game on the chart sold less than 1,000 copies. The number one game for Wii U couldn't even move a thousand units in the UK. Yeah, the UK is a much smaller market, but a thousand is like the number one, which was what they didn't say. They they couldn't reveal the number because it wasn't like they weren't authorized to do so. But they said even the number one game for Wii U in the past week sold in the hundreds, not the thousands, which is kind of pathetic. Yeah, I guess so even I think these are still numbers. I still have to. Um, you sound really you sound so depressed now. Well, the reason I bring it up, hold on, the reason I bring it up, it's not like a bad thing, it's just I really think Nintendo has basically said to themselves, okay, we screwed up, we lost our lead, we had a year to go forward, we blew half of it, but we need to make sure our games are good, so we're going to delay them all till August, Game of Warrior in June, and then we're just going to rapid fire, like, Wait, so, machine gun up, so just we, like, boom, 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 here's all these games, and they're going to have a huge, I guarantee they're going to have a huge marketing campaign around the time Pikmin 3, and it's going to run into the fall, and they're just going to, like, raise awareness like crazy. I think they're just kind of like, and I think it, honestly, actually, I think it starts a little with E3. Where they have, they're gonna have the stuff at Best Buy. They're gonna have games that people will go see. But really, they're gonna be like ramping. It's gonna be like this fall. You need, you know, this game's coming out. Get it now because this fall you're gonna need that game. You're gonna want that game. And then it's just gonna be like insane marketing from there on. Wait, so um, when Capcom said that, that's my Mon- guess. So that Monster Hunter Three was really successful. Well, they weren't really talking about the Wii U version, right? 3DS version, uh, I don't have exact numbers, but 3DS version, well, by their standards. Because the, this was a... By their standards. Th- yeah, this is one of the... They called it a smash This, this was tweeted by one of their, okay. one of their English reps. Yeah. And f- first of all, in so, Japan, the so series... definitely something in the US. First yeah. of all, in Japan, Monster Hunter is well, a... Yeah. Ahem, monster. Uh, <laughs> secondly, uh, in America, the 3DS version of Ultimate, actually, I don't have the exact numbers. They're both in the tens of thousands, not the hundreds of thousands. But three in March, so in this eight-day period, six-day period of March that it was on the sales charts. I don't have April, unfortunately, but the 3DS version outsold the um, Wii U version, which makes sense given the install bases. But they both sold in the tens of thousands in their first few days out. However, the thing is, that's just retail. Apparently, digital sales are strong, and they're actually very happy with digital sales, and they have high expectations for uh, Monster Hunter 4 based on those digital sales and based on the success in Japan. So yeah, they do consider it a hit, under the qualifications of it's a niche title, it's still better at download than retail. And we, we didn't know what to expect. They have the right attitude, unlike those yeah. other people. That no, yeah, they do. And they're bringing more. They have Resident Evil in a couple weeks. Tomb Raider was a failure. Blah, 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 yeah. Was a failure. Yeah, Square Enix that thought that uh, selling 5 million mm-hmm. copies is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I think, I just summing up all of that, I think Nintendo knows that they're basically in a tough position and they know they can't get out of it till they have games. So I think they're literally just like, well, nothing we can do. We'll just sit tight. And they're just letting sales fall. And they'll probably just do a relaunch of sorts. That's where I think things are happening. Because, I mean, to drop to such a low number of hardware sales and such a low number of software sales in the UK, for example, like, something's up. They, they are definitely planning a bigger shift or something. But that's Jason's uh, sales corner. That's all our news. We have some impressions. If you're interested in Mario and Donkey Kong games on Move, Resident Evil Revelations on the Wii U, or We Street U, stick around. If you're not, 
stick around anyway. You might like them after all. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll start with the one that our episode is themed around, which is Mario and Don Comedy's on the move. Uh, should I just, I guess I'll run through the structure of the game, and then we can share your thoughts as I go? Yeah, why not? Okay, <laughs> so the main con- concept of the game is you're laying down a path for automatically moving mini-Marios from the Mario vs. Donkey Kong games. And that's that's happening on the touchscreen. You're laying a 2D like top-down path, and on the TV screen, you see the level in 3D, and you see them complete the path, and they celebrate. And so, so think Pipe Dream, but only as like a structure. It's, it's structured like Pipe different. Dream, but it has some very different elements, and it's different. I mean, modes. if anything, it's a little more like that Bioshock Infinite. If you even played Bioshock, I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If not, then this means nothing to you. But there's a mini game <laughs> where you hack. Cool. <laughs> we have we hack apparatuses, and there's like a little. Like water flowing through pipes, and you have to replace the pipes to make the water flow through the the other end, which yeah. is kind of what you're doing in this one. But that one is but that yeah, more, but they flush this out. That one is imagine. way more luck based, way more luck based. Yeah. So with this one, there's four core modes, and it's a mini game. So uh, the main mode is appropriately called Mario's Main Event, and it combines placing those path tiles with a time limit, and the fact that the tiles that are being given to you to use to place are somewhat randomly generated. So somewhat like they usually they, give you they the fit ones a pattern. They fit a pattern. Like they'll give you the right pieces, but the order they give you in varies. Yeah, basically. But um, so how it works is you're managing, you're building the path. You're managing the number. You can only have five blocks in your reserve at one time, like five tiles. So you have to manage those. And if you don't need a block, they have like garbage disposal. You can throw them in, and then that gives you block. You know, if you throw in X number of blocks, you get a special block that can be any block you need, like a magic block, or, or you could just like place the tile somewhere. Where no, you or just place it. You don't need yeah. it, and they can blow up tile. Like there's bombs that drop to blow up tiles. So you can put new tiles so you don't overflow it. Like it's all this is happening at once. It starts off easy. It gets pretty challenging later on. Um, that's the main mode. So it's like a combo of like planning, but also kind of chaotic, like randomization, frantic. You have to be quick on your feet. Like you can't just sit and go. Should I put it here because it will time out on you? Plus, once the mini starts moving, which is as soon as you put down the first block. He will keep moving, and if there's no path there, he'll go, well, now, well, now, and then die. So you need to make sure he doesn't go, oh, no. Thank you, thank you. So that's, uh, (laughs) it's weird because they say it, they don't say it like they're, they say it like they're panicked, but they also say, like, you better not kill me or I will kill you. (laughs) Like, it's this weird, like, threat slash panic. Like, I mean, I'll put it this way. I'll put the Mario's, yeah. There's other playable characters in the other modes. And you can unlock him. There's like a Peach, Peach, Toad, Toad, Donkey Kong, Pauline. But, uh, yeah, they, um, the Mario's in particular, like, if they were in my, like, house in the dark going, like, oh, no, oh, no, I'd, like, run for my life. Like, it's scary. But, um, so that's, that's Mario's main event. Second mode is, pu- uh, is uh, Puzzle Palace. It gives you all the pieces up front. All you gotta do is place them correctly. You're giving, like, here's three of this piece, here's two of that piece. You lay them out, the mini goes, you, you're good. And this one has a score that's based on how long it takes you to properly lay them out. Now, this they one, all have time-based scores, but this in particular, it's really about properly. Yeah, this out. one's a lot more slower paced. Yeah, it's way more relaxing. You just kind of like, it's like uh, it's like solving a jigsaw sort of. The uh, the that one's definitely my favorite one. So yeah, I, I personally think I like Mars May Event the most, but there are two other ones we're mentioning. The other is Many Me- Many Mini Mayhem, which is uh, kind of a combo of different ones in that you use you have pieces. But you're primarily focusing on rearranging the pieces that are already present. So you, there are going to be rotating blocks that like you can change the path of a mini as it walks, make it go one way or another, and then you can slide around the pieces almost like a sliding puzzle, or pick them up and move them. So you, you only have the pieces that are on the board, but you can rearrange them to make it work. And the thing is, there are, as the name implies, many minis 
at once going down so the it board. It gets pretty crazy. It gets crazy because you're going to be like, one minute he's going to be going one way, then you have to switch the, the rotating block so he starts going another way, but the, then the other one can't go that same way. He has to go a different and you, way. And you have to so get those three switch coins right. at every stage. Exactly, which I'm going to get to in a sec. So you have to switch and get that other mini going the other way with only the blocks or that are on the stage. Or get a mini stuck in a loop so you can... Yeah, get him stuck in a loop or have him go, oh no, yeah. oh no. Um, for just the right amount of time so he could pull a block, put it somewhere else, get the other one cleared and put it back. Like, it gets... And, and they also encourage um, making a chain so you can get one right after the other end. Yeah. That also kind of makes you like, okay, all right, I have them looping around, so I have to make them cut yeah. the loop right at this time. And then boom, It's crazy. Yeah, it gets kind of Fun. insane. And then the last mode is Giant Jungle. It's only three levels, but they're huge, and they combine every element of everything. And you basically, it's like similar to Mars Main Event, but they're these huge levels that you have to like very meticulously be like, well, if I put this here, then that goes so you there. Could just go it's super the, hard. Yeah. But I mean, you, not one is just like, you go from point A to point B and you could just do that, but there are also stars scattered all across the map. Yeah. I think there's like 10 of them. Yeah, and you're collecting stars post to coins yeah. for that one. So you yeah. could collect all the stars and you could the nice get like, the maximum amount collect, of coins. The nice thing is you don't have to collect them all in one run. From my understanding... You can get some in one run and go back and get the others. Oh, and the Donkey Kong one? I oh, think so. I, I, I haven't tried that myself. I just read it yesterday. I'm not sure. I, 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 Giant Jungle, I only played for about five minutes. The other modes are I really missed. I, I, I got the through one. 40 yeah, or 50 the, of Yeah, the other the ones were just really addicting. Yeah, the coins so, definitely... Yeah, well, the coins. That's what I was about to bring up. You Go ahead. You can... All right. The coins definitely are what well, make... For, well, what they are might help. <laughs> Alright. Every stage, like in any... If you've played any Mario 2D platform or even 3D platform in recent years... Um, there are three coins that you collect, mm-hmm. and they're usually they add a challenge to the game. If you collect them all, you get like a like a star next to the level. So you, it's basically saying you truly completed it. Yeah, and the stars I think are what really make the game yeah. stand out. Like if you go after all of them, the level becomes like ten times more challenging. If you it's don't go after them, it's super easy to just draw a straight path. Yeah. it's hard to like figure out how to get coins that are elevated, coins that are like in a corner, that sort of thing. Yeah, like almost all of them are like. They make you use every single piece, and I really, like, learn that element that every level is trying to teach you. Because, like, the first few levels are kind of tutorials, but they're not exactly yeah. shoving down the thing. Down your it's it's very, it eases you in without force. It just is like, hey, you can do this now. It doesn't say, like, it doesn't do it by going, like, okay, now walk, to, now press this tile, now do that. It's just not like, like, hey. Not like Push Mo. Crash yeah. Mo learned its lesson, but Push Mo. Yeah, it's, it's just, wow. it's very, like, the features here, <laughs> you can try it, have fun. Figure out your puzzle. It becomes really evident in um, the puzzle palace in the Peach one. Right. That one, um, they give you, like, I mean, all the puzzle pieces they give you, you have to use every single one of them exactly. And yeah. in, like, the later ones, they have so many empty spaces, and if you want to get every single coin, you have to use the pieces, like, in ways that you didn't even think you would want to use them, and this like, so Yeah, much. it gets, yeah. It gets kind of frustrating, but in a really good kind of frustrating way, where once you beat it, you get, like, that aha moment, yeah. and it feels so good. And the, yeah. and the thing about the three coins, which we should probably mention, is they do get you those stars, and those stars that you collect are what unlock minigame varieties and extra playable minis that you can collect and dust off. You have, like, a toy room, basically, and what you do is you dust them off by scrubbing on the stylus. Very similar to Custom Robo Arena for anyone Something that's played that on do, DS. Actually. And then, yeah, in your room. And then, uh, in your real life room. And then, the um... The toys won't talk back to me, like, in the game where you... Yeah, and then when you dust them off, they start dancing. Because, you know, when a toy's cleaned off, it dances. That's what happens. Um, but no, the real thing is, is it unlocks... Nintendo dusting Pokemon has all those... Yeah, like, now, you, now you get to clean your badges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nintendo is teaching proper cleaning habits. Chibi Robo is all about cleaning a house. I'm ashamed with to admit, I spent, like, maybe an hour total of my gameplay time on those badges. Shining them. <laughs> they play like a piano. Like, if yeah. you clean them all perfectly. But anyway, yeah, um, cool. the stars, though, the real big thing, yeah, you get the extra characters, which include Pauline and some others, but the uh, the neat thing is it unlocks varieties of the minigames, and the minigames, at least in my opinion, are actually kind of a mixed bag. There's three good ones and one really bad one. 
So three of them, the three good ones, rely on a slingshot mechanic. So on the bottom screen, you're pulling back on like a slingshot with a stylus, and that will either, in two of the modes, launch a mini, and in one mode, it acts as like a fishing hook of sorts. Yeah. Um, when you launch the mini, there's one, two, mo- two ways you can do it in two different modes. One is it's almost like you have this 3D cube, and you launch the mini into it, and it makes the cubes disappear, and you want to clear the, cu- the, the, the cube made of... It's like a Rubik's Cube, but with way more individual squares. That's a better way of putting it. And you want to clear out all the squares. Yeah, like, on, make them explode. Depending on where you hit it, the mini, the, the mini Mario would just, like, explode those tiles away. Right. If you could do combos, like, if you can hit similar colors or same colors, it'll knock those out. Obviously, uh, there's bomb. bombs that you can hit, which will do it. It's very similar to... It kind of reminds me of Tetrasphere, actually, on the N64, except there's no Tetris... Oops. My watch just rammed into the table. Except there's no uh, Tetris pieces. It's just bombs blowing stuff but they had bombs in tetrasphere and you would use them to, no- to like, nuke out the Very planet fun. yeah it's it's really cool and it's actually kind of has some depth to it and there's two varieties there's one where you're just clearing them as fast as you can there's another where you have to clear certain like parameters within like you know like get rid of there's one there's like an endless mode and there's one that's like clear this block as quick as you can basically so that's one that's really hard to explain the other is a target practice where you're using the same stylus slingshot mechanic to launch me Mario's into targets different targets are worth different values simple third one is not good I misspoke earlier when I said I like the sling- all three slingshots third one's the crappy one it's the fishing one the fishing itself isn't bad you slingshot I mean, to works. send a hand it works as that it just is awful you send a shot you, you slingshot a hand to grab a shy guy different shy guys are worth different money you can be creative in how you grab the ones that are worth more that are usually hidden behind lesser pointed ones but then to reel them in you physically spin a wheel on the ds and in a or 3ds and, and then in a game like on the touch back, screen and then eventually they'll yeah so you're you. just sitting you're scratching up you're like rubbing your screen in circles endlessly and like in elite beat agents on the ds they did that but it's like a split second in this you're there for like 30 40 seconds just spinning it's like, this isn't fun yeah. it i literally did 40 second a 40 second one it was awful yeah. the gold shy guy he puts up a fight the other mode that uses that spin mechanic, or the other mini game, is one where there's a mini on a platform on a crank that moves up and down, and you're just trying to collect stars and avoid bullet bills by moving the crank up, by spinning to move up and down. Spin one way, move up, spin the other way, move down. That isn't as insane in the sense that you don't have to spin as fast, you don't have to keep spinning nonstop. That one's not bad. That one's actually kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, but the fishing one, ugh. Sorry, I just hate the fishing one. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely just recommend the the cube exploding one, the cube, practice, yeah. and then and then the and then the crank and yeah, then yeah, the, the crank one. I mean, it, it's fine. It works. Yeah, I, I just I don't. Know. But really, I, these I, are... I can't play it that long. But but the cube yeah. one, I could definitely see. Yeah, but honestly, practice. these are all extras. The core meat of the game is the yeah, uh, pipe dream style puzzles, yeah. and a big part of that, in addition to what they provide, there's 180 levels it comes with. Plus maybe some bonuses. Not good. Spoil anything. But the uh, the big draw is that you can create and share your own levels and download the levels that others create. So, uh, level creation tool is actually really easy to use. You just, you know, plop down blocks, and then you can try them out before you upload them, and it's really simple, very straightforward. And then when you go to the sharing part of it, you can browse levels based on how popular they are, based on the, uh, based on the time, you know, based on the popularity over time, like a week, a year, month, all that sort of thing. You can browse, um, them based on how much they're like, because you can rate them one to three hearts, and those that get liked, or one, you can, yeah, not... Let me rephrase, sorry. You can rate them. After you play it, you can rate it. And the better the ratings it gets, the more hearts it has, and those appear in the more, you know, most pop, like the well-liked category. You can also view your friends' creations. What you can't do is view any individual level someone tells you to go view. Unlike Pushmo and Crashmo, there's no QR code support, which is a huge oversight. And there's also this weird thing where each level has a custom ID number. 
but that doesn't do anything for you. There's nowhere to enter that ID number. There's nowhere to do anything with that ID number. It's just kind of there like, hey, you want to like tell someone about this level? Well, here's the ID number. They'll never find it. <laughs> so, unless so, they're your friend. Yeah, unless they're your friend. But it's just like, oh, you can't post online, check out my level, download it here with this ID or this QR code. You're just stuck. Like, you have to either find it through the popularity stuff or the well-liked stuff or be a friend of them. Which is a very strange oversight because Crash Mode and Push Mode did such a good job of making sharing easy. Yeah. But, I mean, overall... I mean, someone uh, created a whole, like, Twitter... Like, their own, yeah. a Twitter account just dedicated to just posting puzzles, which Yeah, which you can't awesome. do with this game. But I mean, could do with Crash Just from that, I got over 100 really well-made, like, puzzles based on, like, yeah, and Mega Crash, Man characters. Yeah, and Push Mode and Crash Mode, right? Yeah, Push Mode and Crash Yeah, and this misses that opportunity. But overall, ignoring that, I really enjoy this game. More so than I thought. Like, I... The puzzles are actually... I really enjoyed the, uh... The main puzzles, not the, the main like, games are good, but like the main pipe dream style, all of that. Yeah, like, I, like all, I, few, all, all four modes. Like I went in thinking, like, like oh, I'm gonna enjoy this game. It looks fun, but then yeah, I ended up coming out like I really like, really yeah. liked it. And it's really cool that NST, the developers, Nintendo's basically only American developers in house that aren't retro. Uh, Nintendo Software Technologies, they they've done all the Mario vs. Donkey Kong games. It's nice that they're able to branch out a little and try something different. They went from like a true Mario vs. Donkey Kong, like Donkey Kong '94, to lemmings to now this so it's cool that it's like progressing um also there's a ton of content i mean yeah. we listed off four entire game modes four entire mini games that in and of themselves have multiple var- uh, varieties and you know high scores and whatnot plus the whole endless creating and sharing like this could easily have been a retail game this yeah. is what they used to package on the ds versions when they sell them in stores. i, mean, I could tell you right now you're definitely looking at around 20 hours of gameplay for 10 bucks because um, which is a good deal the puzzles definitely last a little longer to solve than um, the ones you would find in Pushmo. And yeah. Pushmo, I think it's like a there's like a hundred puzzles before you technically beat the game. Right. And that alone like took me like twenty hours, and I'm still have like forty more puzzles to do after that, plus all the ones I downloaded. Right. So, right. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. this is a good for ten bucks. I would say this is an amazing deal. Like literally, the DS version, me, uh, Maze March again, Maze Moving, Mini 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 Land Mayhem, whatever it was called. That one had probably about the same amount of content, but it was a full retail game for thirty dollars. Yeah, I mean, this is like ten bucks. I mean, I mean, it's worth sh- it. I mean, like, sure, you could find Pipe Dream for one dollar on your iPhone, but this is not exactly. It has the charm of the Nintendo title. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for eight more, for nine more dollars. <laughs> I mean, you could find a game like it, but you, you can find any game like. But any you won't game. find a game with this amount of quality and yeah quantity. Yeah, no, it's it's a good game. So I would. I personally would highly recommend it. What do you say? What would you say? Yeah, yes? Yeah, definitely. Alright, now one game you've played more than me, so if you want to take the lead on this, I've played it too, but uh, Resident Evil Revelations is coming to Wii U on May 21st. A demo is out on the eShop. We have both played it. Uh, just a quick note about the game. Uh, we've talked about it before, but the demo and the final game are going to have three different difficulty modes. There's a casual mode, a normal mode, and an infernal, infernal mode. The first one also had um, casual, normal, and hell. Well, they changed it. That was just that was just their hard mode, right? Oh well, I guess. I mean, Inferno. Like, I mean, I played through like casual, normal mode twice in the 3DS one, and Hell mode. Like, I mean, like yeah, like also twice. I played the game like so much. Well, okay, let me rephrase. The demo and the final Wii version. We'll keep the multiple. I I can't even beat the the demo in Inferno mode. Yeah, and and I and I thought I mastered. Yeah, but um, I mean, item placement is what changes, as you know. But for them, is what changes in each of the three modes. How much ammo you have. how, what items are available, where the enemies are, how many enemies, how strong they are. That varies. Item place, it's more like item removal. Yeah, I am <laughs> ripping out. Yeah. And uh, the gamepad, if you play the core way, you can do off TV and have it on gamepad, but if you use the gamepad as your main method with the TV and the gamepad, 
uh, it mimic it basically mimics the 3ds's touchscreen functionality the in the 3DS original XXXL. version. 3ds XXXL. Yeah. So if you want to talk about your experience with it, and I'll talk about mine, since you played it way more, as you just said, you tried Infernal mode. I only went through normal mode. So, so you could take the lead on this, and then I'll chime in. So from what I remember in the 3ds, it's pretty much exactly the same. It's I definitely mean, HD. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, it looks really good, but I mean, if you play the 3ds one, like. Just like, I mean, I learned this the hard way after thinking like, oh man, Luigi's Mansion, like, I, the way I pictured it in my head, it, I remember it looking really nice and really yeah. well. And it did, but Luigi himself looked kind of bad. Right. And this one, like, in my head, like, I remember like, oh, like 3DS, the 3DS version looked pretty much the same. Just, I mean, it's smaller, but looking 3D, so it kind of compensated for yeah. it. So, I mean, it's an HD, it's good. And this is one of those it games that, 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 I, better, that I recommended to, like, a lot of my friends that really love Resident Evil, but they didn't have a 3DS. Yeah. They, they were stuck playing all Resident Evil 5 and 6, which a lot of people hated. Yeah. So, now that they get to play it, I don't know, it's really good. And the yeah. demo, the controls... Oh, God. Uh, like, I... I, I miss... I I mean, I... I, I asked them, you know, like, I, I think this is what Jason was going to say. Like, I missed the gyro. Badly. The gyro, oh my god. Who would have thought, first of all, who would have thought gyro aiming would work so well? That's in and of itself kind of amazing. That worked as well as it did on the previous version. But to then have it stripped out and have a right analog stick that is trying to mimic the gyro instead of being a true right analog stick. Like, you could tell it's, like, trying to mimic how the gyro worked. Like, in terms of, like, the latency and whatnot. Like, it just felt like there's so many times I was just, like, struggling with aiming. Now, that's not to say, maybe I'm just bad at aiming. It's not as crisp. Or as precise, but it works. Like, I didn't, like, die as a result. It just wasn't as yeah, good. Well, I mean, I liked, I definitely prefer the gyro on the 3DS yeah. version. But, I mean, I didn't, I mean, at least I, I didn't have any problems with the, yeah, I thought with, with, the with the analog stick. I mean, I was, yeah. I was just getting, it, just, it, I, it took me a while to adjust because, I mean, I don't really I play that many double adjust. analog sticks. Yeah. But, cause, I mean, how many, you know, do, I mean, how many double sticks shoot? Shooters did we I get mean, on Nintendo? It's weird because I only no, own a Nintendo console. It's weird because I have no problem like with Black never. Ops 2 on the Wii U, but this was just like, oh, felt yeah, oh, okay. That's yeah, not okay. to say, I mean, maybe I just need to adjust. Well, well I mean, it's different. I mean, it, it's just a, I mean, it has more survival I think I just controls want as opposed gyro to back. running gun. Can I just shooting. have gyro back? Can we, like, just get Capcom to but, give me I mean, gyro back? I mean, after, I mean, I, I readjusted to it, like, it was perfect. I was getting headshots, like, like no problem. But, yeah. Um, no, the controls are perfectly fine. I felt like everything was easy, turning around was easy. Like, once you have the double stick thing down, like, turning corners and everything just feels natural. Yeah, I will say, yeah, actually turning corners is so much nicer than on the 3DS version. Like, you could swing the camera around a corner so you know it's coming, opposed to on the 3DS one where it's like, kind of like, you just yeah, saw what you saw. Yeah, because yeah, you have to like, kind of hold L to like, strive. Yeah, and, and you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, I mean like, it, it's different, but honestly like, you, it's one of those things you get used to like, within like the first, yeah. within the first hour, so, I, I, I would, I would put it as a non-issue. Right. But, I mean, if you haven't played it and you want to get into it, I mean, you might as well get the the Wii the, the version. Wii version. I mean, it's real good. I mean, like the more. I mean, it's forty nine ninety nine, right? I yeah, mean, it's it's forty nine ninety nine, so it's ten bucks less than normal. And, and, and you're getting more content because I mean, they're also at the same time trying to get people that already have the three D version right. to get it. So they include new playable characters in the raid mode. They have Miiverse integration. We talked they about have before. Costumes. They have pirate costumes. And also, the thing about this is, yeah, it was good on the three DS. We actually, if you want to hear our original impressions, way back. In that was really a good. year ago in February. I mean, it was good enough to make me think over 60 hours into that game. Yeah, but if you want like detailed impressions, episode 7, Evil Moves In, over on Ramtown.com, we, we have full impressions. But the point being, I mean, I this game is a console experience first. It just happened to be on a handheld originally. Yeah, like, yeah. it is a true console I mean, experience. I, Playing I, it on the Wii U felt natural. 
yeah. in terms of its like the experience, not I mean, my right analog issue. I mean, like I hope raid mode is like as fleshed out as it is on three, because that raid well, it mode, has to be. It's no, the same yeah, mode. I know raid mode was amazing. It might so. be better. Yeah. I mean, because uh, I would I would want to play that again if they changed it enough. But yeah, but I anyway. definitely I definitely want to say it's a true like this really feels like a console game more than a handheld game that was upscaled. Like it yeah. feel. I mean, granted the demo was only however long, yeah. but it just felt right. And I guess like for those people that like I guess I already did play the 3DS version like on Inferno mode. I played the campaign four times, and I... Oh, wow, it's difficult. Yeah, it's hard. Really, really hard. There is... I mean... Yeah. I mean, the the demo also shows you the new enemy. I forgot what he's called, but they introduced this new enemy that he's latching onto the ceiling in the beginning. You can't do anything to him. Then later, when you're going back, they throw, like, four... Um, four... T-Abyss virus people at you. And then this guy comes down from the top and just cracks your neck. Yeah. I mean, cracks your body in half. And yeah. I feel like there's nothing you could do about it. I tried it three times, still haven't done it, and I'm kind of shocked right now. I'm, just, I'm, I'm like disappointed <laughs> yeah. myself. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I guess it's fun because like we're it, both talking. That, about... that alone has intrigued me enough. Like, okay, like it definitely feels like a different game right now. Like, yeah, it's fun because we've both been talking it up so much. But except yeah, I'm skipping the story because I mean, after I played it four yeah, times, like yeah. I already know it like almost yeah. by heart. It's just fine that we're both talking it up. Like I'm saying, it's like a true conflict fan. You're going, you're telling all this stuff, and then we're both like, but are we actually gonna get it? Like, I'm still not sure. I think you might cave, but as a, I, like I don't think cave. I'm going to get it. I enjoyed the 3DS version, but it's uh, close yeah. enough to the same experience But the me. thing is, like, the 3DS version, like, it was so fun. I mean, the only reason I stopped playing was because I, I S-ranked, which is, like, it was the highest rank you get, yeah. every single raid mode mission. I pretty much got every single achievement except, like, some minor ones that were just kind of a little too annoying to bother mm-hmm. getting. So, like, I pretty much played everything on there, and I could definitely see myself playing it more if there was more content. Yeah. So that's the only reason why this one is intriguing me, just because I wanted more. And, and it has more. And, and it has really cool music. And they're giving me more, so... So it's what you originally music... wanted, and you're willing to double dip as a result. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm, like, on the fence about it. I mean, I have a friend that's also getting it, so I would have... Oh, then... So I would have someone to play Raid Mode with. I mean, the, the original one, I had a friend that I played all of Raid Mode with, and it was definitely right. the, way better with a friend. Right. So, well, that's what it's made for, so it makes sense. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up getting it again. Huh, change it too. So the demo worked for you, because we when we first, when it was first announced, when we've talked about it in the past, you've always been like, I don't know if I'm going to get it, but the demo yeah. sold you. Capcom did Capcom did good. <laughs> oh, what can I say Capcom? <laughs> I do want to say one little random they, they, speaking. They, 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 they can make me sad, and then but they, they still made me come back. Yeah, well, that's that's how they get you. It's an abusive relationship between you and Capcom. Speaking of Capcom, and since we did earlier talk about... Uh, Wait, what? Oh, oh, right, you bought a Monster Hunter figure, yeah. Yep. And you lost oh, awesome. his tongue. Yep, I gotta find that thing. Yeah, you have a tongue lying somewhere in your room. <laughs> anyway, um, we were talking about random Nintendo before you were saying the Star Wars fact. Here's a fun Capcom fact. To promote Resident Evil Revelations in, in the UK, uh, they are creating a blood-filled swimming pool, not real blood, containing fake human remains. Why does the UK get such weird promotions? They're literally filling a pool with fake blood and putting human remains in it. Not real human remains, but making it look like human remains. And then they're just letting people come check out the pool. This is the same country where they, like, had zombies walk the streets. Like, people dressed as zombies. And they had, like, people changing their names to game titles for money. Like, what is it with UK promotions? It's so strange. Anyway, I just thought to throw that in. Cause it reminds like, me of those, um... Like, they were sending, like, a human foot or human hand. Yeah. And, like, and packaged me, like, a Comic-Con or for Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but they're just taking over a public swimming pool and putting blood yeah, that, in it. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's weird. Anyway, one final brief impressions to get, game to give brief impressions on. It's not even a game. It's uh, We Street U, which is an app. We've talked about it before. It's basically Google Street View for 
the Wii U. And Nintendo actually made a very significant update to it recently. They added a couple features. Uh, you can now register certain places as your favorites for quick access on the map. You can uh, view recommended spots, new recommended spots in addition to the 72 or whatever they had. There's Miiverse support where you can take a picture of a place and then post it to uh, to Miiverse and view other contributions from people within, like an in-game Miiverse browser that's separate from like Miiverse itself. It's like all matching the UI of uh, Wii Street U. You can tag these uh, these posts with five different things of normal, awesome, beautiful, unusual, or scary. And then you can browse by tags. If you only want to see unusual things, you can do that. Or happy things, you can do that with normal or awesome. Uh, you can also spoiler your images, so people have to actually click to see it. So if you want to like, really do something scary, you can do it like that. So I just wanted to really quick touch on it and say that they did... First of all, this is why I want to see more of happening with Miiverse. Like, more stuff like this. Like, it's super cool that... Miiverse is baked into the game. Literally, there's a Miiverse tab, and all the stuff is in the game, and it works flawlessly. And it's really neat. It's like it really adds a community element to a game that wouldn't normally have one. Game and Wario does something similar where they have like a Pictionary mode through Miiverse, but uh, where you could show, you could see what other people are drawing and draw stuff and get it posted in a similar feed. But it's just really cool that like Miiverse is finally being more than just hey, post a message or hey, have a speech bubble say something over a zombie in Resident Evil, which in itself is cool. But it's like the next step. So even if it's Street View, it you know it's a neat inclusion. The downside is when you post, Nintendo I hope fixes this, when you post to Miiverse, you can include the photo, like I said, but you can only view the photo in Wii Street U. On Miiverse, the screenshot's not attached, so you're just saying a random thing about nothing. Granted, they only appear in a special uh, Wii Street U community called Posted Findings or whatever, so it's, yeah, you know, they you self-contain them. You still have to, like, yeah. click for it, you can't. Like, retroactively, like, like, oh, click on the Miiverse link, and then it'll send yeah. you to... Yeah, you can't... There's no way to jump back into Street View. There's no way to view it if you're browsing posted communities. Is... And, more to the point, if you have friends on Miiverse, as most people do, or followers, if you post it, no one can see the screenshot, and no one can find it in Miiverse because there's no know, direct like, link. Like, you posted something recently, and I posted something recently. Yeah, like, and like, we have no idea what we each like, other posted. Yeah, like, I found, I found the building where they have, like, this Capcom, like, bar slash restaurant. Yeah, and I and... found two guys in Norway who were chasing a Google Street View car... car on land in full snorkel pictures? gear. No, no, you, no, but you can find them if you browse enough in Miiverse. But there's no easy way to like. I don't know. It's missing a piece of the puzzle, so to speak. Like they forgot to link together. They forgot to link together the Miiverse with the Miiverse support within the game, like the actual Miiverse. It's a weird mix, but like a weird mismatch. But if they fix that. I want to see way more of this sort of thing with Miiverse because this is super cool. Like, it's a really clever way to use it, I think. That's all I want to say. It's a really nice addition to a free app. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't browse Street View that often, but it's fun to, like, look at what's That's the one I do. But it's fun to look at, like, popular posts because you can browse popular posts. You can browse them by tags. So it's cool to be like, I want to see, like, some unusual things. And there's literally, here's the unusual things. Like, it's neat. It's a cool addition, totally free. I'd say check it out. I mean, I don't know, who knows. Maybe later they'll rule out of that, like... When you click it, it'll take you straight to it. Because I mean, didn't Nintendo say they want to do that in the future at some point? Yeah, there's a lot of things they said they want to do. They are eventually going to let you launch. Yes, they did say, you're right. They did say specifically at one point that they are planning to do this kind of neat thing where you can literally click something and go straight to a level in a game or go straight to a post a post in an app or like a thing in an app. So yeah, it's there. I wonder if they're just waiting to roll it out before they bring it to Miiverse properly. I mean, to We Street U properly. But yeah, that, uh, I think that pretty much is everything you want to add, because I think that pretty much does it for this episode. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So, exciting times ahead. That's it for this episode, but going forward, going forward, we're going to have uh, E3 coverage, because E3's coming up. So our next episode will be on June 2nd, 
And in that episode, by then, we're surely going to know a lot more about E3, because E3 is the following Sunday. We'll also lay out our full plans for how we're going to cover E3. That includes possibly live coverage. Well, not live coverage, but coverage from E3. We're in the, work, we're in the process of getting that worked out. But we're definitely going to have um, extra, extra episodes. Keep your fingers many. crossed. Yeah, please do, for our sake. But we'll definitely have impressions from Best Buy, if not from the show floor itself. We'll have... One um, way or another. Yeah, we'll have... We'll have... Uh, Episodes dedicated to the extra Nintendo Directs if they do, and we may do extra episodes. We're going to lie, lay it all out for you on June 2nd, plus discuss a slew of news that always happens in the lead-up to E3. So definitely tune into next episode. Until then, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Nintendo for the latest happenings on the site, because there's a lot going on. There's uh, the extra I just posted that I mentioned earlier episode, uh, Lost Translation, a look at three quirky Nintendo-published games that never left Japan but really should have. So check that out by going to the homepage. We're going to have some extras coming up. If uh, We're going to the LA Zoo. We're going to see Donkey Kong and Real Gorillas. We're going to cover it. We're also going to have another coverage, hopefully of another event that I'm not going to mention until it happens because it's going to be a cool surprise if it works out. So both of those will be in the next within the period between this episode and next. Of course, uh, we'd love to hear what you think of the episode or anything we said. Whether you agree with... What's your stance on like the Let's Play situation? What do you think of how the Wii U can be turned around? What do you think of the latest Nintendo Direct? Let us know in the comments. Episode 43... Uh, may the minis move on. Just scroll down to the bottom, leave a comment. We have links to all the news and games if you want to learn more. And, of course, we encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes, especially now that E3 is coming up. It's going to get busy. We might have extras. You want to make sure you're, you know, on top of it for all that. So until then, um, you can follow me on Twitter at JSR7. Jose's Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Uh, we're also on Meverse. We'd love to have, you know, we'd love for you to friend us, maybe some Rayman Challenge app bouts or whatever i'm jason r he's the same name not my name his wearer name he's w-e-i-r-o underscore oh and yeah that pretty much does it so we will see you in two weeks on june 2nd and stay tuned to the site for all sorts of goodies before then.